Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Health issues as Williams rolls out, makes one man miss, and Caleb Williams high steps his way into the end zone. 365 Sports is presented by IdealMRI.com. High-quality MRIs for $497 or less. IdealMRI.com. Your health is important, so is your budget. If you're Tulane... Take out his do-it-yourself kit and picks up the first down. 365 Sports is also brought to you by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance. Protecting Texans since 1952. Word. Trying to get it done on his own. Needs some help. Needs a lot wow. of help. There's Watson. Oh, my God. Now does he have room? Nakia, he's got it. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, search 365 Sports on YouTube. Brought to you by TFNB, your bank for life. That's Cobbs in motion. It's Tonga Bailoa circling out of the pocket again and sprinting down the sideline. He's got Monk in front of him and a touchdown. 365 Sports is turbocharged by Unite Private Networks. Find out more at UnitePrivateNetworks.com. We want to have the focus on football today. We have an incredibly good football story to tell, and we want that to be the focus today. Now here's David Smoke and Paul Catalina. All right, here we go on this Tuesday afternoon where today the Pac-12 was given details of what their media deal is or will be or should look like. And it depends on who you ask on whether it was enough to keep people happy. It doesn't seem as if 
there's any deal or any agreement on that today, but there might be agreement on whether it was enough. We're going to hear in a moment from former Utah and also NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell does radio in Salt Lake City. He will join us today uh, in about five minutes or so. Paul Catalina, I'm David Smokes of the Pac-12 Met, George Klyovkov, the commissioner uh, in this uh, conference giving information to the presidents of the Pac-12. Here are some, some, I guess you could say, response and feedback from reporters. One, Jason Shear, who will join us again today in about an hour. It has been confirmed by Pete Thamel. Apple was the deal presented today, and there's escalators based on subscriptions. So in other words, kind of like a bonus pool based on subscriptions. Then Brett McMurphy had this today earlier, and this is like in the last hour, the biggest blowback on the Pac-12's possible primary Apple media rights deal with incentive bonuses. It's a very challenging for schools to accurately budget annual revenue. This is, of course, what he was told at the Action HQ Network. Uh, it is also, based on some of the reading I've had in the last hour, Pac-12's been through this incentive-laden thing before when Larry Scott was the Pac-12 commissioner. Based on the Pac-12 network, it did not work out so well. No, uh, as a longtime stand-up comedian, so I'll tell you, the, the, the one kind of show I'll never do is what's called a bringer show, where you only pay me if I bring 10 people to the show. My job is not to fill your club. My job is to or promote your club, my job is to go on stage and do that. So while I might bring some friends, it's not my job to make sure that I have 10 of them so that I can make $25. Just like the Pac-12 and any other conference wouldn't say, it's not necessarily our job to promote Apple TV. It's Apple TV's job to promote us so that your subscriptions go up. So also when you're trying to figure out, well, how many subscriptions can we get? Well, if you don't get any, then that's a tough thing for... Which then you don't know if you're going to get... A million of them, or five million of them, or two hundred thousand of them. Also, which means it's not really money because that's basically a bonus structure, not what is the here's the ground level of where we start. Ask the act the actors and writers who are on strike right now about how forthcoming the streamers are with their actual viewership mm-hmm. numbers and subscriber numbers. They're not very transparent. Now, maybe the Pac-12 has more power brokers than, say, the writers' union of guys who sit in a room and and tell and write jokes for a sitcom for uh, for a living. But even still, that's a precarious position to be in. And if you have options, I'm not sure if you would accept that deal, knowing that you could go somewhere else and not have to promote the streaming service you're on. So those things to me and those escalators would make me very nervous if I'm anybody in the conference. Now, the ones with less options, I mean, you know, Oregon State might say, like, look, we'll um, give you a free Apple TV Plus subscription with your admission to the school. I don't know, just so we can get people hooked on it and, and watching. I don't know, but there are so many different layers to this. And once again, if the deals, if this is the first deal they've seen, This is the first one. I cannot stress that enough. This is the first time that the presidents of these nine schools have seen numbers on a deal. Well, here's another thing. You know what a commission structure is? Do you know what a bonus structure is? Do you know what that is? Extra. That means merit-based. You have a salary or however you're paid. 
based on who you are, whether it's hourly, whether you're a part of a union or your contract labor like we are, you, you have what you get paid. But a commission and or bonus structure is something you've earned above and beyond whatever your value is. Not in every business, in most professions. So here's, um, here's a note. Uh, this is from somebody that uh, we've been in communication with quite a bit, but this is from somebody who is a part of an administration in the Big 12, sent this to me. I asked the question, how legitimate is the interest or heat when it comes to Arizona? The response was, "It's there's the flame, hot, but may not be immediate because I think a lot of people think even something could happen today or tomorrow, as in today or even this week, Jason Shear has stressed this, as others. Uh, These are big decisions with lots of moving pieces for an institution. I've been through it several times from the inside. By the way, speaking of that, from one point of view, Bob Thompson today will join us at 5. Jason Shear, with anything new he's learned in the next hour, will join us today at 4 o'clock Central Time. Also, um, Arizona maybe tomorrow And then is there a chance that Utah and Arizona State are trying to go, wait a minute, there is a a game here. There's a chair open, maybe three, like we discussed quite a bit yesterday. Do we want to sit in one of those chairs? Even if maybe they don't, do they need to think about it even more seriously? Scott Mitchell, former Utah, go ahead and finish up on that thought, Paul. And then Scott Mitchell, former Utah quarterback, who's in radio at Salt Lake City, former NFL quarterback, will join us. Yeah, there are some hurdles for the conference uh, to to climb. Brett McMurphy reported. We had him on the show last week. He, he explained it to us. I, I actually talked to our friend Jim Williams today to kind of okay. help me understand what the – like why Brett Yormark can't just call up and be like, "Hey, how do you how does Fox feel about 16?" ESPN has agreed to pay a full share up to 16 teams. Fox has agreed to pay a full share up to 14 teams. So, Brett Yormark would have to go back to the table and that means negotiating and some some things would probably have to be given because Fox, you're talking about, you know, yes, old Uncle Rupi has the money, you know, mm-hmm. Rupert's got the money, but you're talking about paying so let's say I'm rounding it off to $32 million a year because I don't want to do decimal points. So $64 million a year for the two new schools for six or seven years. So you're talking about, you know, what, almost $400 million? Not a that lot of money. $400 million more dollars that you're going to have to pay out. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that you have to have available for. So that's just for two more schools for the Big 12. Now, I think Brett Yormark could probably get that over the finish line, and I'm sure he's had this contingency plan in the holster, but that doesn't mean that Fox is just going to go, yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's their money, not the Big 12s, although Big 12 is trying to, to make sure that they – continue to add to what they have which right now is 14 minus texas and oklahoma this is simple math 12 plus colorado 13 and now the question will it be 14 or will it be 16 it would be stunning if it's an odd number 13 or 15 at this time next year also today um there's a quote that jason shear arizona kind of had like their media day for football with jed fish their coach making a couple of comments including one on realignment uh, there's a couple of notes about UCF and recruiting. Uh, the ACC media poll is out. We'll have that for you. And then uh, a couple of comments that have been sent to me from Colorado fans in the last six months. Just a couple of receipts about them being involved in the Big 12. I know that that story was at the end of last week. And there's a neat story. Uh, Baylor, men's basketball. 
uh, had a reunion today, kind of like some former players come back into town. They work out together. Some are still currently a part of the NBA. Some are not. And so we'll have that for you at some point today. Scott Mitchell, Josh Newman, who writes for KSL.com in Salt Lake City, Jason Shear, Bob Thompson. Those are the guests, a lot of them, when we talk to college about college football here on 365 Sports. Emery Winter and Jack McKenzie, Garrett Ross are in the studio. Paul Catalina will join me here in just a second. Here's a couple of notes from those who are very much tied in to uh, various people when it comes to the Pac-12 as far as knowing those who are decision-makers. So if you are the Big 12 and you know what may be happening here in the next 24 hours or 72 hours or the next three or four days, um, how do you then, even if Washington and Oregon are not interested, can you make them interested? There are ways probably to do that, whether it comes to stories whether it comes to marketing, whether it comes to a narrative, and that remains to be seen whether or not. And it even includes Utah. That's why I'm excited we get Scott Mitchell here in a moment to come on the show to discuss the perspective because it it does appear that if you were to say which teams in the Pac-12 are not interested in moving, who all of them wanted to keep the Pac-12, all of them wanted to try to keep it together to a point where some of them said it multiple times. We even saw where Oregon State last week said, we are completely committed to the Pac-12. And with all due respect, they have a heck of a football team. Uh, That really is the only decision they have right now, unfortunately. And by the way, there's teams in the Big 12 that have been there too. Teams in the Big 12 have been there too when it comes to whether it's Baylor or Iowa State or Tech or TCU or whoever who have been waiting for that call and also have been on an island when other teams have left and the Big 12 could have gone to the Pac-12 or with Texas OU leaving, what does that mean? Or even back when Missouri, uh, when Nebraska, Colorado left the conference too. So how do you do this? Don't be fooled. Just think that Arizona State and Arizona have to do something together. Don't be fooled that Utah wants to make sure that Arizona and Arizona State are happy before they do anything. Everybody is in this right now today and maybe for the last few days for themselves. No matter what you hear, if one leaves, that doesn't mean three leave. If three leave, that doesn't mean five leave. Everybody is in this right now for themselves. They have to take care of themselves. And Colorado had the balls to finally say, we are going to take care of it ourselves no matter if anyone else was going to go with them or might join them at any time. Yeah, uh, Garrett's going to effort uh, Scott Mitchell here. I've, I've called him a couple times. Um, but I, I think I need to do this every time that we talk about two schools leaving together in a conference. So here's how it used to work when the Big 12 formed. The governor of Texas, Ann, Richard and, Ann Richards, and the lieutenant governor, Bob Bullock, used every gun in their political holster to make sure that A&M and Texas did not split apart because that was their initial desire was that Texas wanted to go to the PAC and A&M wanted to go to the SEC. And they were ready in 1994 to say, we're done with each other. And that's when that kind of all started. But they also wanted to ensure a future for Ann Richards alma mater Baylor, and Bob Bullock's Texas Tech that were going to be within a power conference. So they used those tools at their disposal to make sure that those four schools stayed together in the Big 12. But when A&M decided to leave for the SEC the next time, the governor in charge, 
was Rick Perry, a former Yale leader. So he said, well, I don't care about any of those other schools. I'm going to do what I can do, and they're going to go out the door. So that political thing went away. You saw it with UCLA and USC. You, you've seen it all over the place. None of these schools are tied together. Even though Arizona and ASU share a board, they're not married. They, they don't have to do what the other does. I'm sure that it would be nice for both of them in a, in a way of thinking to both go to the same place, but if one of them thinks that this is better than the other one, then the other one will do what they want to do. I, I want to I think Bob Bullock was definitely involved, and Richards gets way too much credit, mm-hmm. Paul, I mm-hmm. think, for any of the back in the day with the Big 12 being formed. David Sibley, an attorney here locally, was very much involved. And in fact, at some point, I'm going to sit down with him and review and go back in the past with the memories of exactly the timeline of how everything happened. An attorney here in Waco who got very much politically involved because he was working quite a bit out of Austin. Let's do this, Garrett. Let's break here. Uh, we There's a lot to get to, but we want to reestablish, want to get Scott Mitchell on the show and I want to get him on the show and straight into another guest with Josh Newman. Be- before we do that, just you throw up a couple of the tweets, Garrett. I sent you a whole bunch of them uh, when it comes to uh, – you just throw up the ones you have in order. This is from Jason Shear. Arizona football coach Jed Frisch shutting down the idea that it would be Arizona that kills the Pac-12. It's Arizona reacting to other schools and making the decision – that's best for Arizona. That's my point. A minute ago, Paul came back on the set. Everybody has to take care of themselves. Make no mistake. No individual school in the Pac-12 is killing the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is doing that to itself. Bottom line. That's who's doing that. So if you oh, it's Colorado's fault, it's Arizona's fault, it's USC's, it's UCLA's. No, the Pac-12 as a group did this to itself. Yep. Self-inflicted wounds. Yes. And, you know, what? the other thing we've seen is, did A&M and Nebraska, Missouri, and Colorado kill the Big 12? No, they tried. Did, they, did, it could have. Did, did Texas could've. and Oklahoma? Yep. Nope. No. So if you don't want to be killed, you don't have to be. That's exactly right. Here's uh, Jason Shear from earlier. I've heard that there were uh, and will be three different types of deals presented at the Pac-12 meeting. Some have to do with incentives and a lower base or a higher base and less incentives. Not viewed as favorable. Again, you have your base, whatever that is, 18, 22, 24, 20, whatever the base is, that is, that's what you're going to get. And then tied to incentives based on subscriptions, and that means it's not there. It could be, and it might actually, like, be a huge revenue stream, but, of course, that's gambling. Uh, we'll get into Scott Mitchell. Also, I just heard from Matt McChesney uh, the former Colorado defensive lineman who wants to join us here in about 30 minutes. Let's do this, Garrett. Let's take a break. No live, straight to a break. I'll get a hold of Scott Mitchell, then Josh Newman, then Matt McKesney, and much more. This is 365 Sports. Jason Shear, Bob Thompson, 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock today. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Make This the Summer sales event is going on now at Alan Samuels. Get amazing deals on new Ram trucks, cheap SUVs, Chrysler minivans, or a sporty Dodge. Shop online or visit us today at Alan Samuels in Waco. Come by. Let's be friends. The future's bright. The time is now. College is what you make it. It's a late-night pizza run and all-nighters coding a new project. It's having big dreams and making them a reality. It's a professor who knows your name and your story. It's preparation for your future, your calling, your life. And at Baylor, it's even more. Baylor, where lights shine bright. One size fits all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or cheap sunglasses, but when it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one-size-fits-all strategy. Ben Erlinson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why he takes the time to understand your needs, knowing you. That's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Ben Erlinson, 100 North 6th Street in Waco, 254-759-8533. Edward Jones, member SI. PC. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics, the team physicians for Baylor Athletics, diagnosing and treating all sports-related injuries, including concussions. These specialists also provide orthopedic services for athletes and non-athletes alike. Whether it's knee or shoulder pain, a wrist injury, orthopedic spine care, and even an arthritis and total joint clinic. Trust the doctors Baylor Athletics trust. Baylor Scott and White Southwest Sports Medicine Orthopedics wants to get you back in the game. All right, we're back on 365 Sports in studio. David Smoke with Paul Catalina, joined by former Utah and NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell on the radio in Salt Lake City, and he joins us on 365 Sports. Scott, thank you very much for your time. Uh, It's pretty obvious that Utah would like to see the Pac-12 remain as one, and I think everybody wanted that. Do you see any crack at all in the armor based on what's going on and even today's news about what might be the base of the TV media deal or linear and or streaming deal? Yeah, I, I think if any team in the Pac-12 wants the Pac-12 to stay, it's Utah. Mm. I mean, they've, uh, Utah's been to four of the last five Pac-12 championship games. They've won the last two championships. They've been to two Rose Bowls. I mean, they've really, they've really flourished in the conference. And Coach Whittingham is really hitting his stride, I think, as a coach. He's, he's got – every year he just gets a better recruiting class over and over – and so they're they're the poster child for um, you know joining a conference and having success and 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 yeah I, I really get a feeling that they want the conference to stay together, but I, I really wonder and and I, I I think that every team has to kind of have something in their back pocket they they can't be foolish enough to say oh we're we're going to be you know. Um, you know, we're all going to be in solidarity here and we're going to, we're going to stay together on this. And, and knowing that, you know, you, you, I'm sure they're having conversations on back channels that they probably don't want publicly, but they've got to have, they've got to have an exit strategy or they're stupid. I mean, 
it, you really it's college football is changing and and you just don't want to be a team stuck with nowhere to go when it when it really shifts in a line scott is there any weight behind that utah and byu just would not want to be in the same conference together because obviously it's a bitter rivalry but they just you know this is you know years and years of universities running in the same state where they just have different goals and don't want to deal with each other in that respect you know it's weird because it it is it, it does get kind of petty like that here and uh, someone got their feelings hurt and so they they don't want the other program to to be a part of uh you know their new deal and 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 they really want to crush the other school like they like, like I guarantee you, all the BYU faithful are relishing the angst in the Pac-12 right now, and they're loving the fact that uh, Utah might not be uh, in a conference, or the conference may have a, a media rights deal that's far uh, inferior to what what happened in the uh, in the Big 12. And and Utah, on the flip side, most of the folks there are like, it's so nice that BYU is independent, irrelevant. Uh, doesn't have a, a conference. I mean, that you know, there's a real, there's a real feeling between these two schools. They want to see them suffer, and that, and to me, that's beautiful. That's a rivalry. That's what you want to have. And I, I you know, I grew up with this rivalry. I played in this rivalry. Uh, I've actually been a fan of both sides of this rivalry. I grew up a BYU fan, so uh, and I played at Utah, so I get it and I understand it. And it is deep and passionate and hateful, and <laughs> that's what you want in a rivalry. I can't, you know, imagine having two teams in the same conference. And I'm, I'm so much for BYU and Utah being in the same conference. You're playing each other late in the year because you always play the rivalry games late in the year, and it's for something. It's for a chance to win the Big 12 or go to the Big 12 championship or whatever, and a, and a college football playoff is on the line. Are you, if you're a football fan, who would not want that? Who would not want the excitement of that game to be in that game, to have it between two two in-state rivals. People in Utah in general, in the state of Utah, are big sports fans and they're big football fans. And these programs have really put themselves in a position to be power five schools. And, and uh, there, a lot of schools recruit Utah. I mean, not you know, you, you get Oregon, you get, you get really almost every conference, I believe every conference, recruits in the state of Utah. So football is healthy and it's alive here in the state. And uh, Utah, you know, I think Utah is going to have its best team it's had since being in the Pac-12 this year. They, they're deep at every position, and so so the state of football is good. And you want you want to max. I think you want to maximize that ability. So I would love to see Utah and BYU in the same conference. It is interesting to me, Scott, that uh, in 2021, Baylor and Brigham Young renewed what was a short kind of a stint where they'd played each other. And then that same year, Brigham Young, among others, invited to the Big 12. This year, it's Colorado TCU, and we now know what's happening with Colorado. And Utah plays Baylor, as we know, which will be a hell of a test for both, but especially Baylor off of 6-7. and And it almost like it all seems to maybe be weird, the way all these renewals or starting of rivalries might be connected to realignment, too. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about, well, they, they tried to create a rivalry between Utah and Colorado with the Pac-12. And, <laughs> and the, quite frankly, both schools were just too nice to each other. Real, there, was, there was no blood, <laughs> bad blood. I don't even think there was any bad blood. Uh, in fact, Utah probably donated blood to Colorado. You know, <laughs> who knows? But it, 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 was not, it was not a bad rivalry at all. 
And and we used to joke. We called it the Rocky Mountain Oyster Cup. You know that they're playing <laughs> for, and it just it just never never panned out. Uh, but TCU is interesting, and it's interesting because that was a Mountain West rival for both BYU and Utah. And TCU's actually made some stipulations about BYU fans coming to to games, and they know how well BYU travels. And, uh, so so that's that's a great rivalry that I think will uh, just uh, naturally kind of fit for for BYU. And I think the Baylor thing, at least for BYU, is is uh, you know. Jeff Grimes was a coach here at, at BYU for a few years, and and has had great success down there in, in, at, at Baylor. And so, so and and he took some of his assistants with him when he went there. So I I, I think that kind of um, you know creates a little bit of a rivalry. Utah playing Baylor, you know, early on, you, you, you don't. It, it's the week after they play Florida, so they're playing two Power Five schools in their non-conference. So yeah, it's gonna. It's going to be a tough, a tough test. Here's what I like about the Big 12, and this is what I hate about the Pac-12. The Big 12, the schools care about football. I don't, I don't care what market. I don't care how good the school is. Predominantly, almost all of the schools in the conference are passionate about football. And you have to be if you're going to survive because media is driving college football and college football is king it's what drives everything in every university's athletic budget and in the pac-12 most of the schools are indifferent they're indifferent to football they're indifferent to uh sports in general you go to places like stanford that's an amazing campus amazing tradition uh and they're actually doing well and you'll have twenty-two thousand people show up in a beautiful stadium in the bay area that is full of people and full of people who are passionate about sports, but they're not passionate about Pac-12 football. And it's it's a little demoralizing because you got you got Utah that sells out every game for you know here back to whenever, and you get schools like Oregon and Washington who really care, but a lot of the schools just kind of feel indifferent to football and 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 really kind of owning it and and getting excited about it. And and that's that I just I love that about the Big Ten. Scott, if you asked fans 48 hours ago how they felt about the Big 12 and then compared to today, do you think those attitudes are changing with the direction the Pac-12 leadership seems to be, I wouldn't even say going, I'm mean veering off the cliff in? Well, what, what the Big 12 has done, because uh, I remember Oklahoma, Texas leaving the Big 12 and every, everyone's like, uh, the Big 12's done. Like, who can, who can poach the remaining teams in the Big 12? And which ones would you want? And Brett Yormark came in, and, and instead of kind of reacting to everyone, he got aggressive and he got pro- proactive. And he came up with some great ideas and, and about thinking outside of the box. And, and he hand-selected some schools, I think, that were um, pretty strategic uh, partnerships and, and some savvy picks, you know. Uh, BYU is a brand, and and they travel well. And they're a program that's committed to football at UCF. I lived in Orlando for about 14 years, so I watched kind of the rising out of nowhere the uh, University of Central Florida, and uh, and then Houston's in you know in Texas, and Cincinnati's had some success, and so uh, the, the they Brett Yormark, the Big 12, they got they got reactive, they got aggressive, they. They were like, we're in business and we're, you know, we're going to go to Mexico and we're going to go to Rucker Park and we're going to have a, a unique pro day uh, combine type of, you know, 
And the Pac-12 kind of sat on its hands and said, you know, we're kind of the Pac-12 and you, you should just be honored that, you know, uh, you're in our presence. And, and there was no, there was no vision. There's no passion. There's no direction with what's going on in the Pac-12. And they're just not reading the room right. And they're, they're just being reactive to everything. And I'm massively concerned with the ultimate survival of the Pac-12. Do you think it remains intact for another year, or do you feel like that somehow they'll pull this thing out because they had the meeting, as you know, Scott, today, and it appears as if a lot of it is streaming with the possibility, but we've heard this for months, linear, and if it works, good, that's great. I don't want to see conferences die, but this one's kind of had self-inflicted wounds. Do you feel like there's enough of a crack, as I mentioned earlier, that if, in fact, the number is not healthy or it's not just incentive-laden uh, or it is too incentive-laden, that Utah might be more interested in moving on? Yeah, you know, if it, if it gets kind of, um, you know, kind of hairy about, you know, what, what do you mean by incentive or what do you mean by subscriptions or what do you mean, you know, and, and you know, it, it's, it, it's one of those things, you know, uh, where – where they try to, uh, they, they, they give you some kind of deal and then they give you all these like hurdles you have to jump over. And most people go, well, I just, I, they give up after a while cause they just can't jump over all the hurdles. And if it feels kind of like that, where it's, you know, that's, that's almost an impossible task for us to reach those incentives and, uh, you know, and, it, and, and, you know, or, or, or maybe it's clean and clear and maybe people go, Hey, there's, there's potential here to even make more than what we anticipated. And if it's easy, uh, you know, I, I think they'll stick with, but if it just gets confusing and it sounds a little confusing, you know, I think understanding, you know, all of the nuances of it, what that really means. And our, our, our school is going to have the patience to kind of sort through that stuff. But if the number's close, why, why would you want to leave the conference if the number's close? I, I just don't think you would. And, and and I don't think because of how uh, the college football landscape's changing in the playoffs. You know, if you if you're a known Power Five conference and with a, at least a certain number of members, you qualify as one of the those conferences, which I think the Pac-12 would. Uh, why not Why not be in a conference where you you know you have a legitimate shot at going to the college football playoffs? And maybe you're a school like Oregon or Utah, and, and maybe the Pac-12 says we'll will give like a, an unequal share of revenue from the playoffs and from bowl appearances, which is something the Pac-12 is entertaining and possibly will do. Uh, maybe you say, you know what, we stay in the conference, we make extra money because we know we're going to go to the playoffs, we know we're going to get big bowl invites, and, and maybe that makes up the difference than it normally would, and, and it's enough to keep us around. And, and then let's see what happens uh, with the next iteration of you know, media rights deals and, and conference realignment. Scott, if it's just ridiculous, yep. maybe maybe they go. What is close? Is 31-7 is the Big 12? That's been a number that people have tossed out. It had to be 30. What, in your opinion, would be close? Is 22 low? I know you're not making the decision, but this is part of your alum, your, uh, your alma mater. 25, yeah. 26, what would you think might be, at least in just your opinion, it doesn't have to be right or wrong, but in your opinion might be close enough. Well, my opinion usually is right, but, you know, I'll take a crack at it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, um, I, I think, you know, when I hear $20 million, that's what they're getting now. You know, so I, I think it's got to be north of that. And if they have this uh, linear sub-licensing with ESPN and maybe, 
you know, maybe it's 5 million per team per year for that, uh, you know, or maybe, maybe it's given more weight to teams that actually go on ESPN. Like they've got a marquee game with some of the more marquee programs. Cause I, I think Utah's kind of earned the right to be one of those schools. And, um, if it's, you know, maybe I, I, I just wouldn't jump ship, you know, if, if it's like 28, you know, to 34, a little bit under, a little bit over. I don't, I don't see that as something that I would go. Yeah, let's just you know rip off the bandaid and because uh, there's there are a lot of good. Th- I mean, the Pac-12 this season, guys. Oh, I know. The, is is loaded. Like it's going to be a fun year to watch football in the Pac-12, and and um, you know, so it's not a it, it has a perception, but the reality of the conference and the quality of teams is is totally you know, two separate things. They might have three or four Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks in the same conference. I, I can't wait. Utah, Baylor in September. Maybe uh, Baylor because it's kind of the unknown with who they were after last year. But Utah plays Big 12-type football, even though it's known as a wide open. It's not always that way. Love to see their style and what they've done. Can't wait to see you, Scott. Thank you very much for your time. I know you got your own show to do, and we appreciate your, your time with us and access. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Scott Enjoyed Mitchell, it. former Utah quarterback also in the NFL, Dolphins, Lions. That's what I remember him the most. And, of course, the Ravens and Bengals. Here's how crazy it is that we have Scott Mitchell on the show, a guy that I would love to ask 500 NFL questions to about his We'll get him on again. We'll get him on because – uh, I'm always interested because we've had a couple. We had Eric Kramer on uh, at the Super Bowl this year, and he's got a really harrowing, great story. Yeah, that, that trying he had to, to kill come himself. Back from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but Scott Mitchell, Eric, there's all these guys that played with Barry Sanders. And my question to all the quarterbacks who played with Barry Sanders is: Did you ever hand the ball off and then go, "Oh crap, I've got to get in somebody's way" because yeah. it just yep. or what? Did yeah. you ever not hand the ball or, off and go, "Why the hell and, did I not hand the ball and, off to Barry and, Sanders?" And here's the other question for Scott Mitchell: He had to take over for Dan Marino mm-hmm. uh, week six of the 93 season when Marino went down with the seasoning and injury in a Dolphins team that, that thought they were going to go to the playoffs. And he played well, but that was the Bills were controlling that division. The Patriots were kind of on the up uh, that year. But I, I wonder what it's like to be, you know, have Don Shula go, Mitchell, you're in the game. Marino's out. And you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's probably a little bit of like, yes, let's go. Or, oh, God. We are going <laughs> to yeah. do something. I'm going to make a um... – a decision here. We're going to break. Uh, we're going to have because uh, Matt McChesney just said he wants to come on and, and Garrett's lining up a Zoom. Can we? Oh my God! This is we got. Okay, let's go to Josh Newman. Okay. I mean, I'm serious. We're going. To, I know we got spots and we're going to make them because our sponsors are incredible. We will make them up. We will do them before the end of the show. Is that okay, Paul? Whatever you say, Josh. No, no. I mean, oh, I yeah, no. Josh Newman. And then we'll have Matt McChesney. Again, he's a former Colorado player. Yesterday couldn't come on because something happened at the office, and so he wasn't available. Jason Shear will be a little bit after four now, but we'll get him on. And thanks to everyone that is a part of what we have going on now uh, in the chat room. A lot of discussion about the Pac-12, the meeting they had, whatever numbers might be there. And Josh Newman is a contributor for KSL in Salt Lake City, covered Utah and has and continues to, joins us on 365 Sports. Josh, we just had Scott Mitchell on. He was great. So uh, they had the meeting today. There is some speculation about the possibility of details in your opinion if the number that is at the base is like 20 million whether there's incentives for subscriptions or etc whatever it might be which means that it's not really there but it can be what number have you heard 
the, and not just Utah, but what number have you heard that the Pac-12 needs to reach to keep everybody happy? Because obviously Colorado didn't like what they saw or thought they had. Yeah, you know, my understanding uh, before this meeting today was that, you know, the Pac-12 number had to come in, you know, comparable to what the Big 12 is getting now, approaching that. Now, in my personal opinion, if we're talking a matter of like $3 million, $4 million away, that's a wash because, you know, at $3 million, $4 million away, you're still in the neighborhood, right, of the Big 12, and you're still getting yourself lined up for the next TV deal, okay? Now, that's what a lot of this is about, right? We saw the meeting happen today. We saw what Pete Thamel reported. This is a Apple TV-centric media rights deal, primarily streaming. And look, on the surface, it might not make much sense now, but what has to happen now is the presidents and the chancellors and the athletic directors have to absorb what they heard today from the commissioner, George Kliakov, and they not only have to decide if it makes sense now, but does it make sense down the road in 2028, 2030, when you're going back to the bargaining table? So, you know, as has been the case here for 13, 14 months, the Pac-12 has kind of been at a sort of crossroads. And they remain at that crossroads now, you know, with the recent happenings with Colorado opting to leave to go home to the Big 12. Not only that, but also what happened today at this meeting, learning what the media rights deal could look like here. So, Josh, what would be the hangups for, say, I mean, Arizona appears to be the one that's most likely to, to pull the trigger fastest because outside of Colorado, they've, they've been the ones that seem to be most flirtatious with the idea of being somewhere else. But for Utah, Arizona State, what would be their hangups about, look, if there's an $11 million, $12 million gap about just taking the Big 12 deal if they can get it? You know, look, I can't speak to what Arizona's mindset is right now, but from a Look, from a Utah perspective, uh, you know, 10 days ago at Pac-12 Media Day, right, Mark Harlan, the athletic director, you know, was on stage in Las Vegas, and he made it very clear what what uh, what Utah's position is, specifically Utah. Their position is that they are a member of the Pac-12, they want to remain a member of the Pac-12, and they want to see this thing through. Now, that was before the Colorado news. That was before today's meeting. How much has changed for Utah since then? I don't know that a whole lot has changed, right? That has been, you know, the consistent position um, of the athletic department and of the of the university, you know, publicly behind closed doors. They want to remain a member of the Pac-12. Now, look, that's not to say that there have not been back-channel conversations and and some meetings with the Big 12. You know, the the University of Utah has, has certainly had. Uh, I don't want to call it preliminary conversations with the Big Ten, but they've certainly reached out for feedback. And my, you know, my personal opinion, I do think that there is an avenue for not now, but for Utah at some point down the road to wind up in the Big Ten. Not on this round, but I do think that there's an avenue to be to be had in the next round when we do this again in 2027, 2830. Um, so you know, Utah is trying to line itself up now what makes sense now, but also what makes sense down the road. Now, in terms of right now, it's been made pretty clear that Utah is not going to be the aggressor here, right? They are just not going to follow Colorado out the door. I think there is some sense here locally that, okay, Arizona is the linchpin. If Arizona opts to leave, my question then becomes, well, do they have to take Arizona State with them? Is it a package deal? So then if you're talking about Arizona and Arizona State leaving, that puts the Big 12 at 15. If you want to get to an even number at 15, 
then Utah kind of comes more into the discussion as a potential 16th member so, of the Big 12. So they don't want to be the one that, like, like unties the shoe, the shoestrings fall apart, right? They want to, if in fact they need you, but, but isn't Utah in the position to do whatever the hell they want? Aren't they that good right now? I don't know if they're in a position to do whatever they want. I mean, yeah, look, they're the, you know, unofficially, I mean, they're the preeminent football power in the Pac-12 until somebody says that they're not, right? They beat USC twice last year, um, including in the Pac-12 championship game. But look, you, you guys cover college athletics. It's not all about football, and it's not all about athletics. Athletics on a major college campus like Utah, that's only a small part of the university machine. Now, look, from a from an academic standpoint, uh, Utah is uh, an AAU member. I believe five or six Pac-12 schools are still um, AAU members. So you have to consider the fact that Taylor Randall, the president at the University of Utah, let's say in a vacuum that he wants to leave the Pac-12 for the Big 12. Taylor Randall would have to walk into his board of um, into his board of trustees and explain why he wants to take his university out of the Pac-12 as it currently stands with half a dozen AAU members and move it to the Big 12 with one. And Utah is a tier one research institution now. So there's a lot of factors going on here besides athletics. So it's not just as simple as, well, Utah, you know, Utah can do whatever it wants. Utah this, athletics, football, all the women's sports that have had success, that's great. And that's a part of the puzzle, but it's not the entire puzzle. Okay, so uh, when we had Scott Mitchell on with Baylor, as you know, Josh, they will play Utah in September, which will be a hell of a home game for Baylor, should be a packed house, and then they have Texas right around the corner. And they're coming off a 6-7. and seven. We know what Utah is. Uh, what is that thought about that game? Because two years ago, Brigham Young comes to Waco. That same year, they end up in the Big 12. This year, Colorado's playing at TCU, and – Next year, they're a part of the Big 12. So I'm not trying to say anything, but it does seem interesting that that game is being played this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't try to connect those dots too, you know, too much. But, you know, from a, from a right now Utah-Baylor game standpoint, I think it's interesting because we have a situation here where uh, Cam Rising, right, the sixth-year senior quarterback, is coming off a torn ACL, and they are kind of up against the clock here trying to get Rising ready for the opener here on August 31st against Baylor, uh, excuse me, against uh, Florida with mm-hmm. Baylor to come after that game. So the situation now is very interesting because if rising cannot go, you are looking at a situation where Brandon Rose, a redshirt freshman who has never taken a collegiate snap would be in line to start against Florida on August 31st. Now with, with that, I do believe that if Brandon Rose were to start, he is capable of beating Florida here in Salt Lake City at Rice-Eccles Stadium where Utah has been untouchable for two and a half seasons. So you can beat Florida with Rose and with help, but I think asking Rose to walk into Baylor and to do it again, I think that's a much tougher task. So if you're if you're without rising for that Baylor game, things get a lot more interesting for Utah just with a, a complete lack of experience. The good, QB position. the good news for Utah in that Florida game is they have a quarterback who's never taken a snap, but Florida has quarterbacks that their fans wish had never taken <laughs> a snap before. They're they're stressed out in Gainesville about who that's going to be uh, right now, Josh. So uh, even if they have to navigate the early part of the season without Cam Rising, do you feel good about them 
through the later part of the season when he comes back, being able to stay in that race, given that this the league, which is the saddest part about this whole Pac-12 thing, is this might have been be as good as they will have ever been, top to bottom. No, and that's a great point. I mean, you know, the Pac-12 is, is kind of set up from a strictly football standpoint. This is the most interesting, potentially the most interesting Pac-12 football season um, in recent memory, specifically because of the quarterback talent between Cam Rising and Caleb Williams um, and Michael Penix Jr. at Washington and Bo Nix at Oregon and on down the list. You've got, you know, eight of the 12 teams have like legitimate, legitimate starting quarterbacks. So, and it's a shame that, you know, all of this realignment stuff has kind of taken over everything. And of course, this is not getting settled today, right? This is going to go on for weeks, if not months. So, you know, with rising, I really do believe just having watched rising and having watched Utah the last two seasons, if rising is healthy, if he is fully capable at 100%, anything is possible for Utah. That said, this is the most brutal schedule that they've played in program history. You know, you've got 11 power five games. You know, I said, Florida and Baylor, look, you have to go to Oregon state on a Friday night. It's going to be a zoo. You have to go to USC. You have to go to Washington in November. Washington could, could still be in the college football playoff mix. You have to go to Seattle with the weather in November. You have to host Oregon again. So it's a very treacherous road. Now, again, if rising is ready, anything's possible. Now there is some thinking that, look, if he's not ready for the opener, okay, if he misses Florida, if he misses Baylor, hold him out the next week, okay, against Weber State, an FCS team down here, there's definitely a belief that if he is ready for the Pac-12 opener on September 23rd, that would suffice for everybody because at least you're putting yourself in the mix to win the Pac-12 if he's ready by the Pac-12 opener. All right, Josh, so in the end, if it's $20 million or so, you've given a number. Even Scott Mitchell kind of gave us a number. No one knows what the heck yet it really is. But if you were to put on a scale of 1 to 10 that Utah would be a part of the Big 12 starting in 2024, would that number for you, I'm going to guess, would be like a 3? Would it even be that high or would it be a little bit higher than that just on the unknown of what's going on with the media deal? Yeah, as you were, as you were talking and asking that question, you know, my immediate knee-jerk number was 3. I just don't think there's a lot of, I don't think there's a lot of possibility there. Now, look, if things go completely haywire, okay, if Arizona bails and Arizona State, if if things really start falling apart, we can like talk about this again. But like sitting here right now, knowing what we know, knowing what went on in that meeting today, yeah, I would put the possibility of Utah joining the Big 12 in time for 2024. I would put that at like a three, three and a half right now. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate your time with KSL.com, a contributor covering the University of Utah, the Utes. And coming up, we'll take a break. Matt McChesney will come back. He's a former Colorado defensive end. He's also a part of a gym and a fitness, and he trains prospects. Those who might be going to Colorado or elsewhere, he's going to join us next. Jason Shear at 4, or a little bit after that, and Bob Thompson today at 5. This is 365 Sports. Don't go anywhere. I'm just going to guess. Paul, you tell me. I got so many pieces of paper. Woodway, the city of Woodway. Thank you very much. Discoverwoodway.com is the website. And what they have, and I told you this, uh, and this is a great deal. They have what's going to be that uh, the cookout. 
Uh, the father and son first annual cookout in October. Now, you say that's a long wait. First of all, that's good because it's hot as hell, and you want to go out and hamburgers and hot dogs. You can do that now. It's summertime, picnics, wherever you might be at the park. But October 21st, jot it down, 11 to 1 on October 21st, the father and son cookout and there's going to be some other festivities along the way from the heritage creamery uh ice cream will be arriving from them double our burgers hot dogs and hamburgers which is awesome because they are awesome and then coming up in about a week and a half woodway family movie night featuring luca that's coming up you can for all more information on tickets and location anything Woodway when it comes to hotels they have seven of them for you to use if you come into town and you can't find one or that's where you go first at discoverwoodway.com pizza burgers and bears football there's no place around waco that serves them all other than bubba's 33 come show your green and gold and enjoy some of waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team the bears when real bears fans get hungry bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice cold drinks hand stretched stone baked pizzas and bacon infused burgers join us for indoor or patio dining bubba's 33 waco's restaurant and proud supporter of baylor bears football sick'em bears Riverbend Liquor and Wine now has two locations to serve you. The original on Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street and the brand new spot in downtown Waco at 600 Franklin Avenue. If you're looking for the best in craft beers or local Texas bourbons, then the original is the place to be. And for the latest trends and online phenomenons, head downtown to the Franklin location. Either way, you're going to get the same great variety, customer service, and speedy experience. Check out both locations on their Facebook and Instagram pages. Riverbend Liquor and Wine, Lakeshore Drive and North 19th Street, and now downtown on Franklin Avenue. Do you or your kids get nervous about going to the dentist? Stonewood Dental. Dr. Steve Childress, he can help. I've spent a career taking care of patients who as children had bad experiences and now they're adults that hate going to the dentist. If I get a kid at three years old and they come every six months and it's a happy experience, it's normal for them. Now they have an accident at six or seven or eight at school. Now they have a broken tooth or a trauma. And they have to come here. They're used to lights. They're used to water in their mouth. They're used to experience. They already trust us. It's amazing what we can do with that kid without it being a negative thing. But if I see a six or seven or eight-year-old that's never been in the dentist, and now they have a trauma or an unfortunate, unexpected toothache, it's harder to do that for that kid and it not be somewhat of a negative experience. So bottom line is I try to teach kids and adults and teenagers everybody the way I'd want my family treated, which is where it's a necessary part of life. You just take care of it. It doesn't have to be that big a deal. Learn more. Stonewood-Dental.com. Johnson Realtors guide you seamlessly through the process of buying your dream home or selling your current one. Commercial, farm and ranch or residential, Camille Johnson Realtors can smoothly and successfully lead you through any transaction with a team of 28 experienced agents who are excited about serving you. Camille Johnson Realtors services the entire greater Waco area. If you're in the market to buy or sell, contact Camille Johnson Realtors 104 Midway Center in Woodway or find them online at www.camillejohnson.com. Camille Johnson Realtors, elegant, charming, Welcome home. Stepping into a new pair of boots is great, but stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can also add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. There are more than 150 occupational specialties to help them find the best fit for their future. See all the things your son or daughter can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. 
U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. This is 365 Sports. Are you a Sikkim 365 super fan? Then try out our premium subscriptions at Sikkim365.com. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get that. All right. Matt McChesney played at Colorado defensive lineman, played in the NFL. Was going to be a part of the show yesterday, but we moved it to today. And, of course, there's always news going on when it comes to the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and Colorado and maybe somebody else. Matt, thank you very much for joining us today on Zoom with Paul Catalina and I'm David Smoke. Matt McChesney joins us. Matt, what has been the reaction? It's been a few days, but just the overall reaction now that Colorado and the Big 12 in 2024 is complete. I mean, guys, uh, sorry about yesterday. Thanks for rescheduling that. Uh, look, as a proud buff, uh, I'm I'm ecstatic. I, I played in the Big 12, the old Big 12, but still there's a lot of a lot of similarities in the new Big 12. I feel like Colorado's coming home. Um, it may not be exactly the same, but it's still home base. Um, you know, I, I never thought the Pac-12 move was smart. I thought it was a money grab, and it, it did not bode well for the university at all. Uh, the other uh, programs, basketball and so on and so forth, they never took off either from a like a basketball school perspective. So I'm really ecstatic that we're going back, and everybody that I've talked to is. Uh, we just never really fit in the Pac-12, and you know, it's. Uh, I think I feel like regardless of what happened today with all the meetings, you know, just I feel like the Pac-12 is on its last leg, and you know, it's probably a very smart move by by Colorado to go back to its old stopping grounds, and uh, and be able to go back to Texas and be able to recruit with Coach Prime and everything he, you know, has done down there being a Dallas Cowboy and, and all that. I think that it's just a very, very smart and heady move. Matt, you were in uh, playing for Colorado when it was not outside the realm of possibility. In fact, playing for conference titles and being a mover and a shaker in the league. Um, yes, sir. Do you like how important do you think this move is to get the fan base back, especially the young ones who don't remember it, to knowing and believing that this is a team that can contend and won a national title? I mean, they, there's great history at Colorado football. Oh yeah, I mean, during the, their big eight days, they won a natty and played for another one, and then you know the the Big Twelve came around in '96 when I was a freshman in high school. And, you know, it, it's just, it was a great league. So when I played from 2004, you know, the national championship re- representative came out of the Big 12 almost every year we had a team in the Natty. And, you know, it, it, we were always in the Big 12 title game. We won one in 01 against Texas. We lost in 02 against Oklahoma. We lost in 04 against Oklahoma. In 05, they lost to Texas again. But there was a long string where we were, you know, dominating the division. And I know there's no divisions in the conference now, but at the same time, Colorado coming back to the conference, if you look at the history, Colorado and Kansas State are tied for the most conference title appearances, and we haven't been in the conference for 15 years. So that should tell you that I feel like this program can't come back and compete immediately. 
I know that there's going to be turnover with Coach Sanders this year with the Pac-12, but even moving into next year, they're going to be really deep. They are recruiting their asses off. People want to play for Coach Prime. The state of Colorado is super excited about this and behind that man and and everything he's doing. Um, It's hard to play in Boulder again, which is so fantastic. I love hearing that. You know, I'm in the gym right now. It's hot. It's cooking. We're working. Uh, the, the, The weight room's full. And, you know, over the last 15 years, it's, Guys getting in Colorado, they get offered, you know, they're good players. And they're like, yeah, I might go to see you. It's, it's something that I'll do if something else doesn't happen. And now, you know, the University of Colorado, if you're not a four or five star, they're going to look for somebody else. And that is what I was used to when I played there. That's how I was recruited. And it's not supposed to be for everybody. It's an elite place for elite prospects. And Coach Sanders has brought that back to being primetime, what it is. So, I'm I'm pumped, and I I know that people are going to have to get on the Google machine or get on YouTube or social media and find this film, and it's pixelated and it's old and all that other stuff because we've been bad for a while. I'm not going to sit here and act like we haven't been, but the the Big Twelve Colorado Buffaloes are a different team than the Pac-12 Colorado Buffaloes. I really feel this in my heart of hearts. They're a part of like I, I wanted this so bad. I, I I would like pray about it. Like please God get us out of the Pac-12 and back to our old stomping grounds, even if it is different. Because so much of our your identity in, in college football is wrapped up in your rivals and who you play and the history. And now we get to go back to a conference where we have deep seated history with Kansas State, like hatred. They were a North Division rival that. If we beat them, we got to play for the Big 12 title pretty much every year with Nebraska being gone out of the conference. And history with Kansas and Iowa State and Oklahoma State and Baylor and Texas Tech and all these schools, I just can't wait to to reignite all that with the Colorado fan base. And and uh, the, the Colorado fan base is pumped about coming home, and I'm very eager to see who else they invite in and who that 14th school is. I hope they go to 16 and then 20. Uh, but – you know, th- this is uh, a dream come true, and I'm, I really, truly believe this, not just being a homer. I think this is the kind of move with Coach Sanders at the helm and the guys he's already brought in. Now that they know they get to go back to Texas and play twice a year and, you know, just the comp- the, the coast-to-coast conference that the Big 12 putting together, how aggressive they are, I think they, they know that there's blood in the water and they can go in and, and compete immediately. Matt, is that what your former teammates also think or those who you train, et cetera, that have been a part of the Colorado program? I would think that's probably pretty much down the, down the line the same as you feel, correct? Absolutely. every Pretty much everybody I played with, well, not pretty much everyone, every coach, every player. I was at Broncos training camp today. Uh, I had a collared shirt on for that one. Keep in mind, I'm in the gym. <laughs> this, this isn't just how I look all the time. It is, but it's not. I, you know, I'm, I'm at Broncos training camp today, and I saw uh, Caleb Wilson and Caleb and Chris Wilson. Chris Wilson was my defensive line coach at CU forever. It was a great Oklahoma linebacker back in the day. Was most recently the D coordinator at CU when they were just having problems. And his son now, Caleb, is a grad assistant at Purdue. He's doing a coaching intern for the Broncos. So I was out there covering training camp practice, watching everybody run around and whatnot. And I saw them and talking to them about it. This is the first thing we talked about was, you know, he's even like, I'm so glad we're going home. And it's a, such a great opportunity for Colorado. And, you know, that just the, now you can actually be proud of your history and back to, 
you know, where we have rings and we have history and actual conference championships. So it, for for him to say that immediately right away, we haven't seen each other for a year. It's embedded in all of us. It's where we're supposed to be. Again, the Pac-12, I, I don't know, man. I just, I, I don't like California. I don't like going to California. I don't feel like the Pac-12 cares about football. You go to a, a game in Waco, it's packed. You go to a game at TCU, it's packed. You go to a game at West Virginia, and it's packed. They care. You go to Cincinnati, they give a shit. BYU cares. You know, all the the big eight schools. I mean, come on, man. Stillwater is rampant. And Texas Tech, they care. They've been putting so much money into that program down in Lubbock. And, I mean, Manhattan, Kansas, which I think that now with Nebraska out of the conference and Oklahoma gone and so on and so forth, I think Colorado and Kansas State is going to turn into one of the premier rivalries in the Big 12 because there's no love loss with the people in Manhattan and the people in Boulder. We have been going shoulder to shoulder here for years, and uh, I am so excited about that specific rivalry being back. But, I, I mean, if you can't tell, I'm pretty excited about this. Oh, yeah. You would have played against the Bill Snyder teams, right? Oh, bro, those were such wars. I mean, from 2004 <laughs> – but if you, I'm telling you, man, if you, Coach Barnett would walk in and say, look, boys, if you do not buckle up this weekend and bring your lunch pail, they are going to beat the shit out of you. And you're like, oh, my God, we are ready for this. So Bill Snyder, Bill Snyder built the hell out of that program. And, you know, I remember back in the day when I was a kid watching the bus when I was 9, 10 years old, they would beat Kansas State like 66 to nothing. And then all of a sudden they get Michael Bishop and Snyder comes in yep. there and they're, they take off and they just rode that momentum. And look, we send a lot of guys to Kansas State in this room. Uh, you know, Jake Stonebreaker is a fantastic linebacker I work with here from Douglas County. He's committed to Kansas State. Coach Klein is from Loveland, another kid from Colorado that they they stole. So <laughs> Kansas State now they they are they love this too. They get to come into Denver and say, look, now you get to come back to Denver and beat Colorado. Uh, and that, that rivalry is going to spark. I'm telling you, Kansas, Kansas State's a nice basketball rivalry. But Kansas State, Colorado is going to turn into a big-time uh, bloodbath on Saturdays. Matt, you mentioned that you don't think some schools uh, in the Pac-12 maybe are as passionate about football. Do you feel like Colorado got away from their passion in any way about football and that that is kind of also – am I reading that correctly, that you're, you're pumped about that? Um, I mean, look, it, it's almost – you can't help it. I mean, if you try and immerse yourself in the community and the Pac-12 culture and you go to a game at Cal and there's five people there and the stadium's falling apart and no one cares. And you go, I went to a game at Stanford where they played Arizona. I had a couple of guys that played for them and it, there were, there were literally five people there, bro. Like there's no one there. And it was a college game, a conference game. And it's, it's embarrassing. And, I just, I'm not saying that every atmosphere is bad. Oxen is incredible. They care in Corvallis. They care at Washington and Washington State. I'm not saying they sure. don't. But UCLA and USC don't sell out their stadiums, and they're supposed to be historical badass programs. I mean, UCLA, they have to put up banners in their stadium because it's too damn big. And I just, the Pac-12 culture, the way that I looked at it when I was playing is we would schedule preseason games against Pac-12 teams, not preseason, but non-conference. And with the exception of USC that beat us twice, we stomped everybody we played from the Pac-12. So I, I, I thought moving there was a mistake. I think it, I thought it was a sauce conference. 
but we got there and we, and we got there and we became the soft in the conference. And it's because of when we moved. Like I think if CU would have moved to the PAC 12 in the year 2000 with Gary Barnett at the helm, without all the, without Dan Hawkins and what he did to the program before they moved, I think it may have been healthier, but the move to the Pac-12 and just have the games being on so late and being a Midwestern school, really, and trying to acclimate to just that culture and the California elitist mindset and all that, it just wasn't a good fit. And I truly believe that the Pac-12 people don't care like the Big 12 people, not top to bottom. They may care at Oxen and Oregon and Washington, but, I mean, come on, man. You're, there's absolutely no comparison between going to a game at – at, at in Lubbock and going to a game at Stanford. I mean, that it was it's a joke. So I'm so glad we're back home for that reason alone. So we can we can be proud of our football community and our culture. Like it's almost like the Pac-12 almost looks down on it to a sense. You know what I'm saying? And it's like it's almost a bad thing that there's a community and a history, and they're always trying to like dig up something that's bad about it. And I, I I'm just not with that. I think that we should glorify it. So just the the Midwest cares more. Um, it's, there's a reason that Colorado kids don't want to play in the Pac-12. I don't know how many guys I've, I've said that have walked into my office that are like, I'll go anywhere. I just don't want to play in the Pac-12. So now with the, with CU leaving, I think it opens up the door for them to really recruit their own state at a heavier uh, pace as well. Matt, I can say this because you're on zoom and you can't find me in, in, in for a while, but uh, you were a part of the Colorado team that took the heart and soul out of one of the best dynasties in college football history. I was born in Omaha. You know where oh, I'm going with this. Yes, what, I do. I remember what uh, Colorado uh, Barnett said prior to that game because Nebraska had crouched. They were undefeated. They were rolling. They obviously were partially a fraud because Colorado, you beat the crap out of them. Um, what was said that week that led to such an ass-kicking well, you know, that that game for us in Boulder, I mean, I can't wait for September for, for the second game of the season. I can't wait. I, I I encourage them to come to Boulder. I don't care if you sell your tickets. We'll just – they'll be there to watch them lose again. So, I, I miss that game. I hope that we can figure out a way to play it every year or go on rotation with Oklahoma or something. I miss those games so bad. But the Colorado-Nebraska game in 01 – you know, I remember sitting, and it was really the night before what really set it off for us. We, we the year before in 2000, we were not a good team, but we had a good team. We had lost a bunch of games close. We started the year off 0-3 and then beat a ranked team in A&M on the road and then lost a bunch of games. And I remember playing in Lincoln as a freshman, and we went up with like 30 seconds left with a pass from Oaks to Minardi in the back of the end zone. The whole place goes silent. And then we squib kick it, and it ricochets off some guy's back. And, like, they get it at the 40. They throw two out routes and kick, like, a 53-yard field goal to beat us by a point. And that was that was the culmination of 10 years of, like, losing 16 to 12 and losing 33 to 31 in overtime. And, like, all these just gut-wrenching, terrible losses. And my whole family's from Nebraska. And I would always get the phone call afterwards with the Go Bid Red song laughing at us. And it just, it stuck in my crawl and my whole recruiting class, we were brought in and we were told like, look, we're bringing you in to beat these guys and destroy this. And that's why you're here. 
And we, that's why we went to school there. That's why the class came in. That's why the class before us was so good and so on and so forth. So long story short, the night before we're watching game day and Herb Street's up there. And remember, Bedlam is the day before right. see Colorado, Colorado State. And Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma in Bedlam. And they're up there talking about it. And Oklahoma State's like, you know, on the field in Norman. And Oklahoma's not going to go to the Big 12 title game because Texas is going to beat Texas a and so on and so forth. And they're saying that, you know, Colorado has no chance. Nebraska and Texas is going to be an all-time game in the Big 12 title game. The winner's going to go to the Fiesta Bowl and play an undefeated Miami team. And we were sitting there like, like we, we have two losses, bro. Like, we are not slaps. We are rolling I, and we are so mad at this group anyway. They have no idea what they're walking into. And they didn't. It was a buzzsaw. Like they they were on they were eyes on the ground. They wanted no part of it that day. We took we literally took their soul. And then the O one game is incredible. But honestly, brother, just to just to stick it back at you, the O four game in Lincoln where we ended the bull streak. Yep. And I know you love. I know you love Bill Callahan, but like that, <laughs> <laughs> I know you love that yeah, guy just yeah, as much yeah. as I do. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate so, it. Yeah, like the, the 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 ability to end the bowl streak and then walk out of that stadium, and the whole stadium's like, there's guys that were 50 years old that have never seen that before. Absolutely, and it just. I, I miss the rivalry. I'm glad they're playing again this year and next year, and I really hope that they can figure that out. I mean, look, I know Nebraska will never do this, but they could come home too. That would be pretty kick-ass. No, I, yeah. yeah, you're right, and they lost part of who they were, uh, even though they're but making I, happen. I really, I really think much. that they miss the Big 12 bad, don't you guys? Well, yeah. I, I do, uh, and yet again, it's positioning yourself to be around and be included in you know, 10, 15 years too. But as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I, I, you know, they have not been the same yeah. at all. Matt, I have to tell you a right. story about Smokey and Bill Callahan. So yes, we sir. are at Cowboys training camp when he was the <laughs> offensive line coach, offensive coordinator. Yeah. And he walked um, by, and the way that Cowboys are in Oxnard, they have you're, all the radio stations and media are set up on the tennis courts and the fields are behind you. He walked in front of our tent where we're broadcasting, to walk on the field and Smokey shot him the dead like yeah. eyes like f you stare like you have never seen before and he then deserved it. yeah and and <laughs> I, I looked over I laughed I said oh that's your your buddy there and he's like yeah about a day or so later one of the media people comes over and they're going over okay here's who you can get you know we get this player and this player and you'll have one or two assistant coaches who of this group do you want and he starts out with Bill Callahan. Forgetting Smokey is a Nebraska diehard and goes, Bill Callahan, Smokey said no so fast. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, and, and again, they, they're irrelevant, and Colorado has been too, so it's interesting to see what prime effect has had. Matt, I got to tell you, anytime I ever get in a fight with anybody, I'm sending you to them. Uh, you are a bad son of a gun, and it's great to have you. Seriously, uh, Brian Howell's the one who recommended we contact you. So That's glad we did. He's a great dude. We've had him on a lot. Who sees what happens down the road? We don't know about the rest of the Pac-12 or Big 12 and how it changes, but having you on has been, one, refreshing, a breath of fresh air, and love your transparency, and let's stay Appreciate in touch, it, okay? Thank you. Please do. I'd love to come on whenever you guys need a guest. And, yeah. uh 
Have a great college football season, guys. This is going to be a hell of a year. You we'll too. talk to you soon. Thank you, bud. Matt, you know it, gentlemen. Have a good day. McChesney, excuse me, former Colorado defensive lineman. Man, that was fun. Jason mm-hmm. Shear, by the way, knows we were running a little bit behind. Who's going to stop the segment with Matt? Not even Jason Shear, with all his knowledge of late and for the last year, is going to do that. I told Emery that I'll take on Matt. SummerSlam 24, yeah. tables, ladders, and chairs. No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> from Zoom, but we would do it yeah. via Zoom. Yeah. All right, we've heard from uh, Scott Mitchell, former Utah quarterback. Got a lot from him. Uh, we heard as well from Josh Newman, who covers Utah for KSL.com. And there's Matt McChesney. Coming up, Jason Shear around the corner, less than an hour away, Bob Thompson to break down what we have discussed with him now for really over a year. His thoughts about what he's heard from today's meeting within the Pac-12. But Jason Shear is next, and this is 365 Sports. With so many companies and policies out there, it gets so confusing shopping for insurance, and I never know if I'm getting the policy that's right for me. Luckily, I met the team at the Niche Group Insurance Agency. With the Niche Group, you can go to one company and get access to coverage options from many insurance carriers, and you get to speak to a real person about your specific coverage needs. With the Niche Group, I know I'm getting the right coverage at the right price. If you need insurance, talk to the experts at the Niche Group at 1-800-258-8302. How did Edward Jones become one of the biggest financial service companies in the world? By not acting that way. Financial strategies, one-on-one advice, it's a big difference. And that's why Brad Wilson, your Edward Jones financial advisor, makes sense of investing. Experience the difference for yourself. Brad Wilson, 250 Sharon Drive in Woodway, 254-776-4337. Edward Jones, member SIPC. There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. Waco Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full-service butcher shop and baker. Hi, this is David Smoke. The butcher shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon wrap fillets to T-bone to bone-in ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links. Fresh chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef, and chicken fajitas, and always large briskets available, plus fresh vegetables. So the great product, customer service, and family tradition of the Bauer family continues at Waco Custom Marketplace, open Monday through Saturday, a full-service butcher shop and bakery available. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco, or WacoCustomMarketplace.com. 
Automatic Chef Canteen is a full-service micro-market vending and office coffee provider with state-of-the-art vending equipment, a wide variety of products, and offering custom-fitted micro-market vending office coffee solutions for your employee break room. You want a full break room solution and a workplace oasis? Well, Automatic Chef Canteen, locally owned and operated for over 50 years in Central Texas, also includes in-house mechanics on call 24-7 for fast, reliable service and maintenance. Automatic Chef Canteen, 6900 Imperial Drive in Waco or online at AutomaticChefCanteen.com. Don's Humidor, your home with a 48-foot walk-in humidor with the elite cigar brands from around the world, including the number one cigar of the year, Aging Room, Quattro Nicaragua. Plus, they have the great brands like Macanudo and Artur Fuente, Rocky Patel, Aston, and so much more. CBD, great for sore muscles, aches and pains, sleep, Vita Dreams and anxiety, mild depression, general health and wellness. Their staff, very knowledgeable on the subject. If anyone is curious about CBD, ask Carolyn Ashley. Don Schumanor in the Talwood Shopping Center off Valley Mills in Waco. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Enjoying the show? Hit the like button and subscribe. We try to bring you different perspectives and different opinions, different ideas, and we have so far in the first hour plus. Thanks to our guest, and, and again, Matt McChesney was phenomenal, former Colorado defensive lineman. That was fun. Josh Newman, uh, uh, Mitchell, former Scott Mitchell, former Utah quarterback, now on radio in, in Salt Lake City. And then uh, Jason Shear, who has been all over it and took a bunch of arrows and darts and even grenades that were sent his way as he's reported this story about the Pac-12. And here we are today with the meeting which he of course had uh when he had the information first yesterday jason thanks for your time so what is what do you know about any specific details if anything or roundabout figures of what's going on yeah so i heard that basically today at the meeting the the number was in the low 20s um i've heard anywhere from 20 to 22 was the highest number um the biggest thing is that Apple, it's with Apple, and it basically is being presented as, yeah, look, your base is 22. Let's just pick the higher number. Your base is 22, but if you get a certain amount of subscriptions, it could go all the way up to whatever. Like, there's no cap on it, and, and that's how it's being sold by the by George Klerkoff is basically like, yeah, the base number isn't as high, but we have the potential to, to get much higher. So, Jason, why would anybody take that deal unless they had no other options? Uh, you know, and to me, I, I don't know. And then what a source told me is the deal is not, in exact wording was the deal is not good enough for the school with options. And basically, it's, I mean, you wouldn't take that deal because even if you're being, you know, if you think at the maximum, there's so much that would have to go into you maximizing that deal with subscriptions, et cetera. And then I don't understand how a college could budget that. That's one of the concerns that was brought up to me is that that money is fluctuating. And so it's very difficult to be able to budget an athletic department basically based on an unknown amount of money. Um, you know, I, I think if this is that good of a deal, you would have had positive leaks coming from the Pac-12 and, and you would have had a more positive outlook than basically all the reports are like, hey, we're going to hold another meeting eventually. So, Jason, let's say the number's 22. It, again, uh, who knows? But let's just say it's $22 million as a base. 
and then the subscriptions, incentives, whatever the wording or lingo might be. Can it, if in fact they were to do pretty well, it's going to be a hell of a conference this year, lots of Heisman Trophy-type figures, names, stars. Would do you have, In the past, has that moved the needle before, and could it actually end up being a better number than what we've heard about with the Big 12, but a lot of streaming? Uh, I, I would be really surprised if it ever reached that Big 12 number. I mean, the, the rumor is it's a dollar per subscription. That, that's been the rumor. So you would have to come up with, with an insane number because then you're splitting the money. And that's something we also don't know is how many schools Apple has agreed to. Uh, is it 10 schools? Is it 12 schools? We don't know that number. That's something that I, I haven't been able to find out. Um, you know, and is there any linear whatsoever? I mean, because you have to think, even if they sub-license games, how much is that going to be worth? Because Apple isn't going to give any of their best games to say an ESPN or a Fox or anything like that. They're, they're Apple. They're going to keep all their, all their top content. And so um, it, it, it's difficult for me to see a scenario uh, that they could reach the Big 12. And remember, that 31-7 with the Big 12, that's their base. So even if, if mm-hmm. everything went right and you reach the Big 12's number 31-7, you've just reached their base. You haven't actually reached what the Big 12's getting. So, Jason, how quickly do you believe that Utah will move if they've made the decision to leave the conference? Yeah, I, I, that's something I, I can't get an answer to. I, I know that Arizona's gone dark. Uh, the, the Arizona Border Regions representatives are not responding to anyone. Uh, Hickey and Robbins have not responded to anyone. That's why there's no close up there right now. Um, the meeting is kind of up in the air. No one knows exactly how detailed the meeting, Border Regions meeting, will be tonight. Um, do I think something happens in 24 hours? Probably not, but I also wouldn't be shocked. I, I think we'll get a better idea. There's probably going to be some leaks to report after the Board of Regents meeting. Um, I don't think anything is necessarily imminent in the next 24 hours, but, you know, you never know. All right, so you say 24 hours. Do you feel like, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, because we don't know how long these take, and you've even said this could be a day or two or it could be three or four weeks. Do you feel like there's any chance by the end of the week that Arizona – more off, more I guess, apt yes than no that they'll be a part or at least enter or want an invitation to the Big Twelve. Yeah, I don't know if it'll get announced, but I, I think we're we're headed in the direction where where Arizona is heavily leading towards the Big Twelve right now. Um, you know, I, I tweeted a while ago that Robbins has said on record to CBS before that the maximum amount of streaming he would take is fifty percent. Um, this deal presented today is way more than fifty percent. There's not enough money involved. It basically went against everything that he said that he wanted. And I don't think it's going to be better. He's smart enough to realize um, if the Pac-12 commission is buying time. Uh, I, I believe that it is more likely than not at this point that Arizona will move towards the, the Big 12. Again, if this stuff is so fluid and all that. I'm not guaranteeing anything's going to happen. But um, I, I do believe we're right now we're headed in that direction. So um... – is there anything about what you've learned today about the deal that made you say, hey, that's not bad? Uh, to be honest, no. Uh, it, there really isn't. And, you know, maybe the 22, I guess if you say that the number, uh, I've heard from a few people, is that it was closer to 22 than 20. I mean, that, you know, $2 million, I guess, would, would be your benefit. But even then, that, that number is just too low. Um, the linear part, the, the fact that it's almost all streaming, um, that's too much. It, it's not... Uh, I'll, I'll say this. We know that there's some Pac-12 writers that are trying to put everything positive they can out about the Pac-12. 
and they've been quiet for the most part today. And if there was something, uh, I believe it was your mark even said, or maybe a second in command, that if we had good news regarding our deal, we'd be yelling it to the rooftops, right? And, and no one has said anything about any positive aspect of this deal that was presented today. It, it, and to make sure we also sometimes think we take for granted, don't we, Paul and, and Jason, that we like everyone knows the story from the beginning. If you don't have linear, like a nice solid amount of linear ESPN and or Fox, you lose the ability to be promoted. Isn't that one of the things you miss other than the fact people could watch you easier? Yeah, I mean, it is a massive hit to the brand, right? If How are you promoting, you know, you turn on ESPN and, you know, you're getting promotions for every game. During games, they're mentioning you're at the next game and all that and all these other channels. Apple, um, you know, although they have a, a ton of money and all that, your your brand is, is taking a hit. It's just not as visible as it would be. And, you know, if you if you could come up with some sort of equal distribution where some of it's streaming and then others linear, it, you're fine. Like, you could live with that. But to have, let's say, 80% streaming, uh, it, it absolutely kills your brand, in my opinion. What is the Big 12? One ESPN Plus game a weekend in football? Is that right? I, am I right there? Yeah. I, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. So, Jason, how do you think this has changed the temperature for some of the schools that are Pac-12 till we die? I think if you're ASU in Utah, you you have to sit down and really seriously consider your future. That this was a bit of a, okay, this is the best we've got. You know, it's August 1st, the season's coming. Um, how is this deal going to get better? That's the thing also is, you know, is, is there any way that this deal can be approved on? And, and people forget with Apple. Apple was going to sign an agreement with the NFL. I mean, it was very close. So then Apple basically said, you know what, never mind. Um, for all we know, they're going to do the same with the Pac-12. Nothing is finalized with Apple until it's finalized. And um, you have to decide, you know, I, I, my guess is part of the pitch that I've heard is basically Pac-12 is commission saying, look, in, in 2030, everyone's going to want to be on streaming, but we're going to be the first ones there. And we may take a hit now, but everyone will want to be where we are. And you either believe that or, or you don't. And if you believe that, you say to yourself, we're willing to take that hit and to try to come out you know, better in 2030 in the next cycle, or you go to the Big 12. Here's a, a note on the chat room, if you don't mind me, Jason. This is from Aaron Gillespie. Why would Nike, who, of course, we know that they basically back Oregon to the hilt, why would they want any limited exposure for their brand? Yeah, I don't think they do. I, I think they would want full exposure. It's just a matter of how much say they, they have in the process. I mean, when this all started, everyone just assumed that Phil Knight would write a check and get Oregon in the Big Ten, and it hasn't happened. He hasn't been as involved as, as people thought he would be for, for whatever reason. He's kind of taken a back seat there. And um, maybe Oregon the brand just kind of isn't what, what people think it is in terms of Nike and all that, but – um, you know, it, it, it hasn't been, they haven't been as vocal. And that's another thing I'm curious. Like, what does Oregon and Washington do? Do they have no choice but to sign this deal? And how do you sign this deal with, with uneven revenue sharing? I mean, you got to be crazy to do that. And um, if you're, if you're in Oregon State or Washington State or whatever, even though you have no choice, and even if you're Arizona, is it 22 and a half or is Oregon and Washington taking a chunk of that? And um, it, there's just so many factors at play right now. All right, Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority with us on. 365 sports so jason uh how much sleep do you expect to get the next i don't know 96 hours <laughs> i was stupid last night and i stayed up and watched the soccer game and then i woke up at 6 30 so i got a solid three hours of sleep <laughs> last night well we'll know more we'll know more after the meeting i i, I think um there's a lot of rumors and 
Um, a lot of, you know, it, it's hard to chase them all down. Some of them are probably reliable, but I like to double and, and triple check, and that takes time. So probably not much, but uh, but I'm ready whenever whenever whatever happens, happens, I'll, I'll be ready. So one of the other things about Apple is that who they are now, which is a monster, right? But is there a chance that at some point this could be, and I'm just trying to get all the angles, and Dennis just put this up, that CBS or Paramount CBS or CW might eventually be gobbled up by Apple, and then all of a sudden that's part of the deal? I mean, it's possible, but the problem is, again, you're, same thing with the subscription numbers. You're betting on something you don't know. And, and basically you, you're, you're guessing and you're betting and you're trying to get lucky. Because you could say, yeah, maybe Apple's going to buy this or maybe they'll combine with ESPN and all that, but you don't know that for a fact. And so you're basing that on it's going to happen and maybe that's being pitched to you, but at the end of the day, you don't have those numbers and, and you don't have that guarantee. Jason, two things stick out to me here. I mentioned this at the top of our show. One, ask the actors and screenwriters right now how forthcoming the streamers are with their numbers when it comes to paying you your money, one. And two, it is not the Pac-12's job to sell the Apple TV+. Plus. It is Apple's job to do that. So if... Apple isn't doing a good enough job of that on the Pac-12's end. They're putting a lot of faith in Apple to, you know, be able to sell their brand. That is, I mean, that is, that's a leap. You're basically putting the future of your conference into Apple's hands. Because if it goes poorly, and and remember, this is the same thing that they did with Larry Scott and the Pac-12 network. Mm -hmm. Larry Scott sold the Pac-12 network based on subscriptions and said, look, we're going to get subs, we're going to break it out often, and we're all going to get rich. And it failed miserably. And that's one of the reasons, like, it's hard for me to believe that the school presidents, and I know Apple's different, but um, you're basically making the same choice all over again, basing your your athletic funding off subscriptions. And you're right. If Apple doesn't feel like putting in a certain amount of money, that could be part of the agreement. We'll put in X amount of money per year advertising. I don't know. But if they don't, and that's not part of the agreement, they may just sit back and say, look, we'll pay you your 22 and a half. Like, we'll throw a little bit more for advertising and, and we win in this because we didn't really pay that much money. Is there anything tied to the number of teams that have to be a part of the conference with any kind of a deal or the length of the deal or the money involved? Yeah, that I have not heard. I've been, I've been chasing that. Um, the rumor is that Apple will be able to pay or will pay for up to 12 schools, but um, that's something I, I haven't been able to confirm with enough people. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that I saw on Twitter because there's always the immediate. You mentioned the response of those who cover the conference or even nationally college football. This uh, line was interesting about the deal and all that. Executives left the hour-long meeting with no agreement, we know that, but with the expectation of eventually concluding the deal. Now, I asked Ross Dellinger, who's the one who put that up, does that mean they're kicking the can down the road or does that mean that everyone kind of liked what they saw? And his answer to me was basically, I have no idea. Uh, I, you know, they, That's just something that he, I guess, put up. And the other one was, Jason, have you heard one person attached to the Pac-12, anybody, not just Robbins or Arizona or whoever else you talk to, that thought today was a positive day in any way? Uh, the first thing with Ross, and, and I like Ross a lot, I don't think anyone knows. I, I do not get the impression at all that they are close to signing a deal. Um, it just, it, 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 today was the presentation, and, and I don't get the, because the thing is, if, if they were going to sign it, it would have been signed. Like, why, why would they wait? Why wouldn't they verbally agree? We know that the Big 12 deal leaked. We know that the Big 10 deal leaked weeks before it was actually finalized. I'm 
confident in saying that if they came to a verbal agreement of some sort today, we would know. That if today's meeting went well, we would know. Whether it's an unnamed source or a Pac-12 representative or whatever it be, they were very quick to talk after Colorado and unnamed Pac-12 representative and all that, but not one Pac-12 person has said anything. Ross mentioned that there's another meeting, but notice no one actually knows when that next meeting is scheduled mm-hmm. for. Um, you know, it feels like a delay tactic by George, and, and, I'm, and I'm sure the president's realized that as well. But I just can't see a situation where today's meeting went awesome and we just haven't heard it. Why was the meeting today? Was it the August 1st note, that date? Because we've seen so many timelines along the way. And I'm Jason, we're letting you go because I know you have other things to do besides be on with us, but we've enjoyed the relationship. <laughs> Why today? Uh, from what I understand, the Pac-12 president said we, we need to see the numbers. And it was as simple as that. I don't know um, if George even wanted to show what he showed today, but he didn't have a choice. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's no way, right? Like, why would you show a bad deal? Yeah. And it's been been a year and he hasn't shown a deal. So why would the first deal he showed be bad? I I get the vibe and and it's been insinuated to me that basically the president said, you need to show us what you have, no matter how bad or good it is. We need the numbers right now. No matter what, just just show us. And you and I don't think these numbers would have kept Colorado in engaged with the Pac twelve had they get had they come out about a week ago. Jason, continue doing what you do. We appreciate your time as always. And who knows, maybe tomorrow or by Friday or maybe not. But the possibility of the Big Twelve growing one more team in twenty twenty four and perhaps that's Arizona or somebody else or more. Thanks for your time, buddy. Great job. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate Jason it. Jason Shear, Wildcat Authority, with a lot of different things that he brought up and answered, and also his own opinion and some of else of what he's thinking about. Uh, man, what a day, huh? It is every day, the Pac-12, and now we'll see what happens. Paul, why do you think? You just think that finally they just said, listen, I don't give a damn. So you're whoever, you Robbins to. or your Schultz or whoever you are, Harlan, you're like, we don't care. You're not going to hurt our feelings. We're not going to punch you in the face. Uh, We may not even fire you or look for somebody else yet. We don't care how bad it is, but my God, show us so we at least know what it is. Yeah, and, and yeah, why would they have to. done that a month ago? I don't. I mean, or maybe I, they did. I can tell you yeah. why yeah. they didn't a yeah. month ago because this is what he had, and he knew part of the. Here's, I think, one of the things that hung him up. This. I'm trying to think of a nicer term um, than the one that's in my head. Lust for beating the Big 12's number at all costs. That idea that it's going to be better, which is mostly floated by Pac-12, you know, personality people who are kind of shilling for the Pac-12, that it's a slam dunk to be better, all those things out there, but that they felt it would be better as opposed to just comparable, I has put George Klyovkov in a really tough spot because they made a lot of bold promises or, mm-hmm. or statements, and it's kind of put them in a tough spot because they did not... Colorado's the first one to step up and say, the reality of the situation is this. The conference for a year has not been operating in reality when it comes to what they're dealing with. They're operating on a lot of different things. And you look, you heard Matt McChesney talk about it a lot, that in the college football circles, 
we do this show. We talk about it every day. People watching the show think about college football and talk about it every day. Right. They love it. But if you're the president at Cal, it doesn't really come up until these times. And, and, it's, so, and that's not a criticism no, of him. No, but it's just Because how, he's got so many other things on his plate. But it's just kind of how it is yeah. because it's not. Now, if you take the job at Georgia or Baylor or a school that is, you know, big into football, then... Yeah, you are going to spend as much time on sports as you are on the business school. Dr. Livingstone, who will join us on Friday, the president at Baylor, who's a part of the Board of Governors of the Big 12, who's a part of all the other things when it comes to the NCAA, you don't think she doesn't? She's an athlete, yeah. an ex-athlete at Oklahoma State. You don't think she understands the X's and O's of football and, and, and the, the and, value of the revenue? And we'll discuss that and, with her on Friday. And that's one of the reasons that that's maybe more attractive to schools that are more athletically driven than others when you're hiring a president is you have to hire somebody who knows sports. Now, right. um, you know, we can relitigate the, the presidency of Ken Starr X's and O's wise when it comes down to it, but one of the things that he knew is he understood sports. He maybe, you know, he took some wrong paths, but he understood sports. Uh, the Baylor had a couple presidents before him that didn't really. One of whom, who, for many other reasons, but the, the nail in his coffin was, oh, let's change the logo. You know, he right. didn't even think about, oh, man, let's let's think about what the fans are wanting the fans like it was just hey we hired this marketing firm they said change the logo and then the fans are like well then marketing firms from rhode island what do they know you know they don't know what we want they're not been down here so it's all these different things that can undo you so they look how many presidents has texas a&m gone through and how much of that was you allowed a stupid football coach that we don't like anymore and i'm not knocking the guys right but that's the feeling is the football coach we don't like anymore that was on you that and the this school and that school and then now you're out it it, it is you listen to um uh gates talk about how much of his life was Texas A&M football compared to what he would be at another school. Right. It was harder than being the Secretary of Defense at some times, for crying out loud. So, yeah, that's the difference. And I think that when you get into these things and you're a university president brought up in that university system that feels for that university, and then they tell you, well, here's the things that are going on in the rest of the country. They're like, well, that doesn't – why isn't that here? Well, how do we get that here? And then there's just not a there's not a way to. No, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic based on who you are, what your president as far as who you are, your alums, your boosters, the donors, the interest. And it doesn't mean that Dr. Livingstone's not completely focused in on the academics or how, how they became, what is it, Paul, an R1 or R2, whatever. I get mixed up on those because I went to a school, Stephen F. Austin, that we didn't have those numbers because we were the Stanford of Texas. All right, um, there is so much out there, and everybody has so many, you have so many opinions. We have not been able to jump into the chat room. Our next guest is a former CEO at Fox Sports and President Bob Thompson. Thanks to Jim Williams for promoting what we've done or doing today and what we still have. He appreciate Jim, who you guys had on last week, and he's been a very much a part of what we do. When we come back, let's dive into the chat room. Four, we have, like four we or have five four or five super chats. Super chats. Uh, we'll do that. I've copied and pasted two or three of them for us to make sure we get to, and we appreciate you. Every day, live, 3 to 6, this is 365 Sports. TexasBeefHouse.com. I, Samantha Duvall, uh, I was on the phone with her uh, last week and, and was discussing how now it's August 1st, and so, you know, family reunions, they're still, a, but school's getting ready to start. 
Like, it's here. Football practices have started and, and much more. Colleges have started their workouts, too. Baylor starts their first practice on Thursday. But that doesn't mean you stop eating steak or having brisket or cooking on the grill or in the smoker. Premium quality beef from their pasture uh, to your plate. That's TexasBeefHouse.com. It is phenomenal. No hormones, no antibiotics, no steroids. Premium grade East Texas beef with the farm, the Wagyu Ranch, which is just outside of Tyler in White House. Their customers, you don't have to go out and buy. You can get it online by going to TexasBeefHouse.com, and they will deliver it to you. We have members of this show who have gone and contacted them, who have had phenomenal products sent back to them. In fact, I'll give you a tease. I'll give you his name a little bit later on. We've mentioned him. He's very, very giving. But we will start in September, maybe the last week in August, a chat room player of the week, member of the week, subscriber of the week, and give out 15 $100 gift cards from TexasBeefHouse.com. And we'll tell you about how that will happen uh, as we get closer to that. So here it is. The, uh, they are also, in fact, Samantha said they're having a, a cattle sale as far as the Wagyu beef. So get in touch with them. If you want product shipped to you, uh, the ribeye steaks, Wagyu steaks, New York strips, sirloin, what you need, brisket, sausage, hamburger meat, hamburger patties, some with jalapeno, some with jalapeno and cheese, some just regular. TexasBeefHouse.com is your place. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa wrap, son, they're the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. Boozers is the wedding ring store and more. If you're ready to get engaged or already married and want to upgrade your wife's ring for a special anniversary, Boozers is the place to go. With the largest selection of premier quality diamond engagement rings and wedding rings in Central Texas. They have seven cases with over 300 styles of rings from top designers like Natalie Kay. Choose from yellow, white, or rose gold plus beautiful top quality loose diamonds. With an in-house jewelry, they can also custom make anything you want. Bring in a picture or drawing and let Boozers create your one-of-a-kind pendant or ring. They can even use some of your old gold and diamond jewelry to create something new. At Boozers, you'll find a great selection of quality timepieces, and Boozers is the place for expert watch maintenance and repairs, too. They specialize in expert Rolex watch repair for fine jewelry, watches, custom work, and more. Go to Boozers on Valley Mills and Lake Air Drive in Waco. Boozers, the wedding ring store. Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be part of the Waco community. We're a small family business here in Central Texas. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important. And unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. And that's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through this difficult time. So if you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. You can schedule online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or call 833-IDEAL-MRI. MRI. 
Lake Shore Regional Tennis and Fitness on Lakeshore Drive is a premier elite life-changing experience where you can change your mind, body, and soul. Lake Shore Regional Tennis and Fitness offers over 40 group exercise classes every week, including boot camp, indoor cycling, bar, silver sneakers, and more. If you haven't been to Lake Shore Regional Tennis and Fitness lately, you're missing out on the improvements. New flooring in the weight room floor and locker rooms, new paint and mirrors added to the weight room and group exercise room, and many new machines have been added and arriving constantly on the weight room floor. New free weights, weight machines, TRX, rowing machines, stationary bikes, new treadmills, new ellipticals on the spacious weight room floor. Personal training with Christy London, Randall Corley, Alex Box, and welcome to Nathan Roach, where you will be encouraged and motivated to grow. A kids club included with your membership plus sauna, whirlpool, and tanning bed. 16 tennis courts plus a beautiful stadium court and longtime youth tennis pro Britt Coleman and assistant junior Kenna. Adult tennis lessons in clinics with Blake and the commitment to pickleball with eight courts and instructor Jody Thurman. Visit the website at WacoTennis.com or visit us at Waco Regional Tennis and Fitness next to Hawaiian Falls on Lakeshore Drive in Waco. Sixty-five Sports is turbocharged by Unite Private Networks. Find out more at UnitePrivateNetworks.com. All right, Paul Catalina to my left, David Smoke. This is 365 Sports, and we appreciate so many of you for being a part of what we have today. Bob Thompson around the corner. Um, appreciate if you've missed it, what we've had today. We'll have Bob Thompson a little bit after 5 o'clock, former Fox Sports CEO. I've actually seen people. I have seen people on Twitter than the Super Chats argue with Bob about the dynamics of negotiating a conference deal, the grant of rights between the conference, the members, and a network. Argue with him, saying to him, well, you really don't understand this part of the business. I had He's a, been in those rooms. I'll call it a discussion with my near 17-year-old nephew about how the media works the other day because he's kind of fallen into conspiracy theories. And he's like, well, you don't really know how that works, Uncle Paulie. And I went, oh, buddy. <laughs> Look, I, I, not only am I, you know, or do we in the media deal with all aspects of other media, we, we have to know how it works or that's how you get in trouble, you know. So I can't just post. I know that there's a glowing orb at Area 51 in a newspaper and then not expect to get sued if there's not one. You know, like I like those are the things. So, if you're going to fight with a guy who's done it. Yeah. You know, and look, th- th- these are there are people that you know fight with people who have expertise on something, but he, that is that is what he did. I mean, he had to negotiate with leagues and conferences and all manner. But somebody of was arguing about why schools can't walk away from a grant of rights that they about who who's that attached to the grant of rights is what a conference has it's not with the network it's with the members correct but the network is the one who supports the conference well the network is the one yeah. who bought the rights yeah. So, so yeah yeah so they're the conference and the network it's all tied in together which is why and we'll go that ties into the first super chat we got from our Turo uh, from 499. Thank you. Is there any validity to Clemson and FSU possibly joining the Big Ten? I don't think so at this time. What I think you're going to see from Florida State, and I don't think they really want to leave the ACC. They just want to help up the value because while being in the SEC would be great, 
only two schools have really won the ACC in football for the last 30-plus years. You, you've got a couple of outliers. You know, Maryland, who's not in the league anymore, pops up in there. Or, you know, Wake Forest, or I know Pitt did. You know, but for the most part, look at the champions in football. It's Florida State and Clemson all the way down the line. So I don't think that there are kind of like Utah in the Pac-12 right now. Right. There's not an impetus to leave the league that you control. Whatever league they go to, they're not going to control in any sport, really. And so you go, you're not going to want to do that. But I do think that you're going to see Florida State with being the one who sticks their neck out and then Clemson maybe to follow. And if Miami can get good at football again, them just making sure that there's some disruption and everybody knows how happy, unhappy they are with their overall level of compensation. That is going to happen a lot, and this is the this is the first step of the long game with them. And if it winds up with those teams in a different conference one day, then so be it. But you're talking about a 13-year grant of rights that they have to get up right, right now. The ACC would lose their two best ratings drivers. Why would ESPN want that to happen? ESPN has a network that needs them, even though they're not going to be on the ACC network every week, that's going to need their... You know, that Clemson-Syracuse game that winds up in the ACC network is the best game that the ACC network will have because that's the one that Clemson is on. The That Florida State, um, you know, Wake Forest game that winds up on the ACC network, that's a better game recently, but that's just the one that came, came to Florida State-Boston College, ACC network last year. So that game, that's a huge ratings driver for them. ESPN has no impetus to all of a sudden give those two more money if they don't have to. And so this is really complicated. Plus, if the ACC schools could have broken the grant of rights, they probably, not just the ones that you're talking about, Florida State, North Carolina, and Clemson, and Miami, maybe they all would have so they could say, hey, ESPN, we'd like to go back to the table to make us more competitive because we've got a network we're on that you own, and let's renegotiate this. They probably would have done it a few years ago when the economy was better for these kind of things. So, yeah, I think that if they could, they would have. And they're going to keep trying to figure out ways out of it and renegotiate things. But I I just don't see it being realistic because when you look at everything else across the board, when teams are leaving conferences, they've got a couple years left on their grant of rights. Not over a decade, which the ACC does not want to lose their big brand schools. They don't want... They made this deal. But neither does ESPN. No. They're not going to let them move somewhere where Fox is in control of a conference, are they? Yeah, exactly. That's Why would the, they let Florida State and Clemson go somewhere where they might lose that value? Exactly. So, and that that's the other thing is the ACC made this deal so that what happened to the Pac-12 and the Big 12 could not happen to them. And yep. right now it can't. So... I know that there's a lot of people on Twitter and social media that are saying that this is imminent and they have to tell them by August 15th because that's in the bylaws. But unless there's some sort of brilliant legal scholar, I don't know how how the, any schools get out of it. Here's a couple of more super chats. I think we have three or four more. Here's three I put down. Uh, from Garrett McClintock when we had Matt McChesney on. Matt is great. Hopefully he can fix Odin's hips and get that kid an offer. I think that's a prospect that Colorado would like to be interested in, but he's going through some rehab. Jake Rice, 
This dude, Mac McChesney, is great. This is why West Virginia and Big 12 fans are pumped to have Colorado back despite the record. Aaron Gillespie, and I mentioned this to Jason, why would Nike put up with this limited exposure for Oregon if it is mainly a streaming deal and very little money or very little exposure on linear? Great it's a great question, question Aaron. It's a great it's question. It's a great question. The only ones who could answer that basically are Oregon and perhaps also Nike. Is that is there one more that we didn't get to? I want to make uh, sure we got on, them all. Let me see. We got to uh, Katie Raider. Uh, thanks, guys. Keep rocking. The, the- Katie, I sent you a number you were looking for, by the way, in the text message department on the other app that we have at 254-339-1122. Chris says Arizona, Utah, and Arizona State would really help BYU regionally. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah. That'd be be great for them. And I think that's all of them. We got them all. Thank you very much. I also, uh, I saw a tweet, and I wish I would have known who did it, but I don't. I I don't think I printed it, but I send Garrett a bunch uh, to a point where there's probably today 15 or 20, and we may have used four, but one of them was... uh, um, what was the K hey Kings keep waiting uh, as they were talking about the mileage that UCF or the mileage that Brigham Young will have to fly to get to games this year or even West Virginia. Hey Kings, that's kind of a Rachel Barbo type term when she talks to men at, at when she just, just got, talks to them. Uh, just keep waiting. We're going to find you some partners. In other words, regionality. And that would be, of course, the, the deal. Arizona, if that was the case, Colorado is regionality. And, of course, the Denver market, but so much more on that. Uh, to change, Pac-12 is the weakest of the Power Five. That's obvious, but they still have Power Five rights for two more years. Oregon has the money and the brand to stay afloat. Oregon and Washington are going to be okay. Now, I don't know where that is, and I know their hope most likely would be the Big Ten. Maybe if, in fact... Maybe if, in fact, Paul, the Pac-12 loses another member, whoever it is, Arizona, and and maybe if it's enough where Arizona State and Utah kind of look the other way and start looking at a different part of the the different backyard or uh, uh, the pastures greener on the other side, sometimes it's not. Maybe if, in fact, that happens, then the Big Ten and Tony Petiti would say, okay, we don't want to be the ones. We've already crippled them with USC and UCLA, and we've heard this before. We don't want to completely, like, take their knees out. We'll let somebody else maybe do that, and then if that happens, we'll go get a couple of more. Well, and, and look, if you get a 50% share, if you're Oregon and Washington, uh, and what's the Big Ten in the first year of the deal? It's like $65 million, $60 million? Uh, Yeah. If uh, you get a 50% share, you're, you're at the numbers you wanted to be at when you were saying – trying to stay in the Pac-12. So a 50% share is a better deal than you're getting now, plus it's almost all linear, save for a little bit of streaming. Would they take, for those two who want more money and better unequal distribution for those, because like what the ACC is looking at, and that's what Oregon and Washington want if the Pac-12 stays together, you would think. Would they be willing to do that, swallow their pride, and you would think the answer is whatever's I, best I, for them. I think I think you got to throw pride in the wood chipper right now if you're the Pac-12, because I, I, that's what's got, anybody. That's what, yeah, yeah. And that, that's what you've that's what you've got. That's what's gotten you in this spot. Yep. a lot is 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 pride, hubris. You know, you had it. You had a chance to essentially end the Big Twelve or merge with it, like create a super conference of your own. You know, go toe to toe with. Um, with the Big Ten and SEC 
uh, on that and scheduling alliance, whatever you want to do. You had an opportunity to go to TV partners and say, look, we've got these schools here and us. We're going to figure it out between the schools that are remaining in the in the Big 12. Like, it would have been horrible for the four that are coming in, right? But, you know, we'll have 20 teams. We'll do kind of a 10, 10 and 10 on either side. We'll have a cool scheduling model. This will be a new thing. And then that can be the power four. And then we'll see about the AAC and all that moving down the line. Now it keeps UCF and BYU and everybody on the sidelines of it, but you could have done something innovative, yep. but instead you're like, Oh, well I don't want to go to Manhattan, Kansas. Yep. Have you been to Ames, Iowa? It's disgusting. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. and that's the attitude you have. You didn't mean that. No, I didn't mean that. Yeah, I'm just I know. playing You're talking a about what they might like think. They're, yeah. they're like, oh, we don't, oh, we don't want to have to go all the way over to Virginia, West Virginia. Well, USC and UCLA were like, no, we do. We're fine with it. We're going to go to the Big Ten. Canelio, and I always, uh, Canelio, Canelio, because it's K-N-E-A-L-I-O, and I've mentioned your name before, and you've always helped me with that, but Canelio, greeting from the South Plaza neighborhood in Midtown, KCMO. Great show today, fellas. Thank you for the super chat that you sent our way. When we come back, uh, last week we heard from Patrick Craigs, you heard from Jim Williams and others. Bob Thompson was traveling most of last week, said he could be available today, and he is next. And this is 365 Sports. Marco's Pizza. Pizza lovers get it. Marco's Pizza with five locations in the Waco area and the fastest-growing pizza brand in the country, spreading their wings everywhere in cities perhaps close to you or the one you live in. And if that is the case, you could always go online and find some great discounts, great coupon numbers, codes for you to get pizza at even a better price, whether it's one topping or three topping or pepperoni magnifico or sausage magnifico or the pepperoni and sausage magnifico. magnifico. Pizza bowls, wings, salads drinks that's if you go online and then of course you can go pick it up and they deliver they do to our studio here with one of the five locations in waco bob mock is the owner there were no marcos just a few years ago and now there are five and three of them were added really in the last couple of years they have locations in robinson which is on the southeast side of waco locations as well in hewitt and woodway where midway high school is which is on the southern to southwest part of waco and then china spring in the north northwest and also in Belmede, which is on the east side of i-35 in the northeast part of waco bob mock Marco's Pizza. Pizza lovers get it. Marcos.com. Looking for power, performance, adventure, or luxury? We've got it all at Alan Samuels in Waco. Find amazing deals during the Make This the Summer sales event on new Ram trucks, Jeep SUVs, Chrysler sedans, minivans, or a sporty Dodge. At Alan Samuels, we're committed to taking care of our customers. And that means a large inventory on hand for you to choose from. Shop DCJ.com or come see us today at Alan Samuels in Waco. Come by. Let's be friends. Nations Brewing Company has 16 different beers on draft with a new beer every Friday. It also offers two air-conditioned tap rooms, a large indoor beer hall, a second-floor mezzanine offering a great overview of the brewing company and equipment and patio where you can relax under the shade. Plus, you can now experience the new Three Nations Beer Garden Grill on our shaded patio. Grab a cold beer and enjoy a bite from our freshly prepared and delicious menu. Street tacos, quesadillas, freshly cooked burgers and dogs, and veggie burgers too. Nachos and and so much more all prepared and cooked on site. So come visit the award-winning Three Nations Brewing Company on East Vandergrift off I-35 in Carrollton. 
In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Stop by and see our agents at one of our three McLennan County locations. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Waco Custom Marketplace is your hometown grocery store with a full-service butcher shop and baker. Hi, this is David Smoke. The butcher shop can take your customized orders for seafood, pork, and poultry and custom cut your favorite steaks from bacon-wrapped fillets to T-bone to bone-and ribeyes. Cut specifically the way you want. They have Norwegian salmon fillets, catfish fillets, sliced ham or turkey and lunch meat, variety of cheese available, and several options of sausage links. Fresh chicken breast or whole chickens, sliced bacon, pork chops, ground beef, marinated beef, and chicken fajitas, and always large briskets available, plus fresh vegetables. So the great product, customer service, and family tradition in the Bauer family continues at Waco Custom Marketplace, open Monday through Saturday, a full-service butcher shop and bakery available. Waco Custom Marketplace, 425 Lake Air Drive in Waco, or Waco Custom Marketplace. It takes time to reach goals. It's a truth that applies to more than sports. It goes for your financial goals as well. You work hard for your money and you deserve an investment strategy that lines up with your game plan. And Chuck Verno, your Edward Jones financial advisor, can help. If financial investments aren't putting forth the effort you desire, stop by today for a financial review. Chuck Verno, 720 North 64th Street in Waco, 254-732-1161. Edward Jones, member SIPC. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. The 5 o'clock hour is sponsored by Edward Jones Investments with financial advisor Ben Erlinson, who'll navigate you through today's financial climate. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Now here's David Smoke and Paul Catalina. Retired president, Fox Sports Networks. Big Ten Network co-founder and, of course, the Thompson Sports Group LLC. He's become a great friend of the show. We have been fortunate with former media executives. Bob Thompson is with us on 365 Sports. Craig is out today, back with us next week. He's on vacation. Paul Catalina and I'm David Smoke. I hope your trip was good, Bob. I know you've been traveling a little bit, and thank you for your time today. So we still don't know everything, but we know a little bit more today. What was your reaction to the Pac-12 getting something, whatever that something might have been? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on again. I'm uh, traveling again because you can't hang around Phoenix when it's 118 degrees. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we got some stuff today. Absolutely. Did we get everything? No, we got some some broad strokes. Still have a lot of questions. Um, I, I'm not sure we got an actual number, at least what a guarantee is. I've heard 20, 23, something like that. But, you know, it's incentive-laden. And so I'm interested in what's the retail fee going to be to um, consumers? 
you know, what's the, what's the cut for the, uh, for the conference, uh, per sub? Are there different incentive levels, say for 500,000, a million, million and a half, whatever the number of the subs are? And, and what is that incentive? I haven't heard anything about term yet either. Um, so those are some things that, you know, an out, is there an out if this goes poorly on both sides? Uh, so those are some things that I'd certainly like to know if I was a school or a chancellor, athletic director sitting in that meeting, because, you know, how, how do you run a business if your you know, revenues are kind of uncertain? It's just, you know, it's very difficult. Bob, how do you, I mean, it, it's also, I mean, it, it's Apple's job to get the subscriptions up and it's their job to push the PAC 12 as part of their overall thing. And you're the PAC 12, you're kind of limited in what you can do. Doesn't that make you nervous that now you're going to have to dedicate a little bit more resources to promoting where people can find you that then even cuts into your bottom line a little bit more, not to mention the, the production costs of the PAC 12 network. If, if I was the conference, I would certainly have some provision that called for a certain level of promotion, be it on, you know, general consumer media that people are going to see as opposed to just on Apple websites. Uh, you, you need to get this out and have everybody aware. And I'm not sure with the MLS that they did as good of a job as they could have. Uh, so if I was the Pac-12, I would, would certainly be, be looking for that type of thing. You know, as far as the Pac-12 networks go, I, <clears throat> there really wasn't a whole lot of discussion related to that or anything that I've seen come out. You know, are they the production arm uh, as the MLS is the production arm for, for the MLS package with Apple? So, And, and, and does the Pac-12 networks just kind of continue on as it is? I've kind of said all along, if they're really going to um, monetize this deal, the Pac-12 networks had to be part of that, and and I'm not just talking as a as a production house. It's got to be something more than that. What do you do with that distribution? So, as, again, those are some unknowns that I, I think if I'm an athletic director, or a chancellor, or a president, those are things I'd certainly like to know before I say yay or nay on this deal. Yeah, in fact, one of the comments we just had a question was if the Pac deal is close. But the fine print says the PAC network has to produce all the games, which will cost millions. Then reality, then the money really isn't that close. Is that correct? Well, if they have to produce them and not and aren't paid for that. Right. Yes. yes. Then you're, you're right. The money is not close. Bob, if, if you're a president, they finally got Klyovkov to give a number. And, and again, it's still not completely a finality deal, but they, they have now in front of them, whatever it might be. What do you think is reasonable, the incentives of subscription? What do you think is reasonable to add into, let's say, the base is 20 or $22 million to start with? I, you know, I'm, I'm really hesitant to go down that without having an idea of what the retail price is going to be. Okay. You know, if it's, 100, if it's $129, I, you know, it's going to be tough. If it's, you know, 30 bucks or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's, you know, for the season, it's, it's different. I think they priced the... They priced the MLS, I believe, if you were an Apple TV Plus subscriber, it was $79 or something along those lines. If you bought the package outside of, if you were an Apple TV Plus subscriber, it was like $90 or $99, something like that. So there's a lot of different ways they can package it. You know, I, I was hoping that maybe they just put it on Apple TV Plus and there wouldn't be a separate charge. So it's like 
the Saturday night, it's like the Saturday night baseball game or Friday night, I guess it is their baseball game. There's, I don't believe there's an extra charge. You know, you get it like you get Ted Lasso. It's all part of the, the Apple TV plus package, but clearly it sounds like it's an incentive laden package. And that usually implies there's a separate charge for it. Yeah, I what I, is the what's the MLS? What is it like soccer? I know, no, oh, but yeah. is it like forty nine dollars? No, I think it's like it's it's yeah, yeah it's more than seventy nine. Yeah, it's like seventy nine, and then they discount it halfway through the season and things like that. So it, yeah, it's just like the MLB extra innings or NBA league pass. There, there's a price when you start, and then it gets discounted as the season goes on. Okay. Yeah, I would expect they do the same thing here. Yeah, Bob, I was personally as a long time. Uh, NFL Sunday ticket subscriber and someone who also has Apple TV excited for the the rumor or that got down the road a little bit that they were just going to put the NFL on as their like part of it and say look this is so we can get the subscriptions up um, but that of course didn't happen because of of you know many other contractual layers but Apple I mean they're they want things exactly their way so it's not like the the pack has a lot of negotiating room here do, do they to go back and say, can we do better? I uh, would be surprised if there's a whole lot more leeway. I mean, Apple's, they didn't get to be where they are by, <laughs> you know, rolling over for people. So I think the deal is, <clears throat> sounds like to me, it's been, certainly they've had enough time to <laughs> highly negotiate it. So I would be surprised if there's a, a, a ton of leeway. It, it's just, to me, the unanswered questions that, that need to be answered if I'm an AD or president in order to make an informed decision. And it doesn't sound like they got everything they needed today. Well, since you and I talked last and I wasn't here last week, I missed all the fun with Colorado joining the big 12 starting next year. And now that leads to, okay, that's an odd number. You wouldn't think they would stop at 13 once Texas and Oklahoma leave. Um, Do you feel like there's a linchpin or the person who ties unties the shoe among Arizona, that's where you live, even though it's 118 and it's harder than the sun. Is there is there a possibility that if someone else goes, then the shoestring's untied and all hell breaks loose for the Pac-12? My opinion is if one school goes, that's not the end of the Pac-12. If you get four, excuse me, if, if it ends up being four, then, then you've got a, a little more difficult situation for all right, Bob Thompson, clear your throat. I know. Hope you get some water. I just get, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I get it. Uh, Bob, uh, not on the Pac-12, but there have been all these rumors about Florida State and Clemson lately, which uh, would seem to me to be problematic in that their grant of rights is 13 years. What do you think the real story is behind FSU and Clemson uh, wanting to explore waters outside the ACC ocean? Well, that's a pretty tough grant of rights, and it's also got issues with the, the bylaws as well. So they had two, two things against them. So I think it's kind of an opportunity for FSU and maybe Clemson to that extent as well to, you know, maybe get some unequal revenue sharing uh, situation on uh, CFP playoff money, things like that. So I don't, I don't really see anybody challenging that unless you had a significant number grouping together and I, it's just a tough tough setup i mean espn has made a huge commitment to that conference all the way down to starting a, a network for them and they're not going to just lay down if uh you know a few schools want some more money and, you know grant of rights could be challenged but 
that still is not necessarily going to affect the, the contract. And ESPN is going to expect to have that contract fulfilled. All right, Bob, I'm not trying to be dramatic here because we're not a clicks and views, but um, so you say that if they lose one more team, they're okay, the Pac-12, because that leaves eight left, and it's still most likely Oregon, Washington, among others. But if it's more than one, if it is, for example, a couple of more, if it's two, if it's three or four that leave the Pac-12, what happens? Well, I think they'll certainly attempt the backfill with uh, some G5s to you know, keep the conference going. I, you know, one of my concerns is if four go, then maybe some other conferences look at, well, mm-hmm. we better make a move now, and then all the dominoes start going. And, you know, I think the Big Ten and the SEC and the ACC, is everything kind of settled right now. But if, if there's a shift or a seismic move where somebody feels they need to move before they're moved on, um, that's when you can start seeing things happening. And by that point, you know, I don't think anybody wants to be the, the entity that, quote, you know, put the Pac-12, put a knife in the back of the Pac-12, mm-hmm. and, and you wouldn't be doing that. It's kind of it's kind of falling apart on its own. And so you might see some other moves. But I think they can still survive. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, predicting the demise of the Pac-12 conference. But they'd have to backfill, and, you're, you know, you're going to at least have to backfill with four to get to 10. Did you ever see that we would get to this specific point? Was there a time we've spoken with you now for over a year since USC and UCLA, was there a time when you started to go, let's say you were a consultant for the conference and I'm not saying that's true, but you you have great experience. You've been there. Was there a time when you were like, man, this is not going to end well? Um, You know, I was hopeful all the way up till yesterday that there'd be some sort of a deal, but you could kind of see the handwriting on the wall. I mean, I said back in September, I was looking at some, some old comments that, you know, if the Pac-12 goes all streaming, half the people will think they're the most brilliant, forward-thinking businessmen in collegiate sports, and the other half will think they're totally incompetent. And that's kind of what you're seeing right now. You've got some people who think it's a great thing, but you've got others who are like, this is, you know, this is not good. It's, Streaming's not here yet. It's not time. Other people, oh, by 2030, we're going to be so far ahead of everybody else. It's the best way to go. So, you know, you're not going to be able to please everybody. And I, I'm surprised it got to this point. But, you know, the, the business changes, and you got to roll with those changes, or, you know, you're going to be left behind a little bit. So the addition of teams to the Big 12, Colorado gets a full share. ESPN, of course, has got the pro rata. Uh, Fox has explained that to me again because I want to make sure I don't just like take something for granted. ESPN said, okay, we're going to match it up to a certain amount. How and where is Fox tied into anybody extra? Well, my understanding is there's not a blanket ad for Fox. Fox has agreed to, for two teams to get to 14. Beyond that, it, there's a conversation that has to take place. ESPN, on the other hand, my understanding is they've agreed to any Power Five would get uh, full price uh, from ESPN, and that's roughly twenty million per school because they have about two thirds of the product, and Fox has about a third, so it's a two third one third split. And it would be the same way adding people. So Fox isn't guaranteed; it doesn't have to fund beyond fourteen. Uh, my understanding with ESPN is. 
slightly different, and they will fund Beyond 14. Fox just does not, and it has never liked automatic ads. It's too much. You're, you're leaving too much to the to the conference um, that you have no say in. So we at least always like to have some sort of discussion and uh, as to who's coming in and, and what they're going to get paid or what we pay for. And so, you would want inventory back, right? Or, or you know, make sure that. You know, if ESPN's like, hey, great, 16, and Fox is like, well, that's probably good for you. You might get more of those games. Fox is going to want um, to balance that out, correct? Fox would expect that the selection process remains the same. Okay. All right, let's get to a point where people want to argue with you on Twitter, which as you've learned as you got involved in that, uh, that people want to act like they know more than you do because – well, it's not like you were inside some of these meetings, discussions, contracts, and negotiations. Would you please explain, for those who don't think you know, that the conference, the members of the conference, and the network, and the grant of rights, and how that works? <laughs> All right. So the grant of rights is between the conference and the school, and the school pledges basically their home game inventory to the conference. The conference can then, therefore, take that grant of rights and be able to represent to the network that they, in fact, have those rights to sell. So the conference is not a party to the grant of rights. There's no place in any of the grant of rights where a network signs the grant of rights, strictly between the members and the conference. And the television agreement is between the network and the conference. And it's kind of secured by those underlying rights that are put forth in the grant of rights. So that's how it works. And I know people don't want to believe me. They, now I'm now I've become old and, and, and I'm out of touch. So um, I can tell you that that has not changed in the last ten years. So that's how they work. Yeah, I, I, some fans were trying to tell Bob how Florida State would just walk out Look. and. and it, Florida State is in a very long cell phone plan, and they can't just go, like, just to simplify it for something you might deal with in your life. Like, you're tired of T-Mobile, and you want to go to Verizon, but you signed a four-year contract. Well, somebody's buying that out. Maybe it's Verizon if you're lucky, but it's not an easy process. No, no. It's very clear. If you look at the 2016 ACC amendment, it clearly states that this covers the new ESPN deal through 2036. It's the last sentence of the agreement. They're not going anywhere. Why would ESPN allow them to walk to the SEC where they got to pay them more money than they're paying them in the ACC? Why would they let them go to the Big Ten where they don't even have a shot at it? So there's really no incentive on ESPN's part to see a whole bunch of movement in the ACC. They've got a good deal there, and they would expect for it to be honored and, and to be – at least for some period of time, you know, not change. You know, maybe at some point down the road they do an extension and then maybe that gives some additional money sooner rather than later. But there's there's not going to be a scenario that I see where they're just going to, you know, let people walk away. Bob, there's an executive, I think, session, a board of regents session about to start for the University of Arizona. Of course, it's going to be what they discuss behind closed doors. Not sure if they'll bring that up, but I would think – that most likely there'll be some sort of, hey, by the way, can we talk about what we learned today from the Pac-12? You are in that Phoenix area. Uh, he, he, do you know anybody that's an Arizona alum 
that where you go play golf or who you hang with or whatever and what kind of any of their reaction has been or even Arizona State? You know, it's it's been I get I get a lot of what's going on questions. Definitely the the Arizona fans um, are probably more for going to the to the Big Twelve. I think they feel from a basketball standpoint it's better for them. I think they feel that maybe from a Pac twelve standpoint they've never been given the proper respect uh, from the conference and. So, you know, on the ASU side, it's, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, we're happy where we're at, but it would be nice to know where we're at and be nice to know uh, how long we're going to be there. All right. Thank you, man. Appreciate your time. I know you're traveling quite a bit. Stay out of that heat. And we appreciate your time. In the end, are we just kind of everybody trying to survive and tread water until there's some sort of a massive couple of conferences anyway in five to 10 or eight years or whatever it might be. The TV realignment always comes with the expiration of TV deals. So mark your calendars, 2029, 2028, starting in 2030 more or less. Mm-hmm. Probably going to see some movement again. Thank you, Bob, man. It's great to have you on Bob Thompson, former Fox sports executive and president. And uh, he has his own consulting. So Last week, I heard the segments with uh, Patrick Crakes and also with Jim Williams. And then we hope you enjoyed the one with Bob Thompson. And it just happened to be today he's available where, in the end, what have we learned today, Paul? What have we actually, like, today we were supposed to learn something. I think we did. And it just depends on how you want to read it, on what you want it to say, on what we actually learned. I, I do think that this is this gives us a little bit less room for, well, this could be good. Because I don't, I don't think that even the the most ardent everything that the Pac-12 has done is is going according to plan. People would say that hearing your TV deal for the first time on August first and saying that oh you can beat the Big Twelve right if you know if you sell a bunch of subscriptions you know I yeah I don't, like I don't know I like the door to door sales aspect of this for the Pac-12 would really upset me. You know, yep, um, yep. and things are presented a certain way. Uh, and, oh, well, if we get this many subscribers, then it can be up that. Well, how much is that? And reportedly, it would have to be 10 million subscribers if they're at a dollar a subscriber to get to that number. And that's that's just a lot. I mean, that's that's a lot to get to. Yeah. I, uh, J.G. Neolardo, today I learned about, explained to me like I'm five on Reddit. So, yeah, (laughs) from Chris uh, to Craig, who's out until next week. But um, we learned that 13 months were wasted by George Klyovkov with no real options ever available. Uh, Let me let me back up. Kyle Visser, you learn commercials are a luxury and allows bathroom breaks. (laughs) Yes, we blew out. Believe me, we know. Yeah, we know. I uh, I will stick up for George Klyovkov in this one part of it he's not the one who gets to make the decision on the television deal he is charged with negotiating it and he can only negotiate with the strengths that he has what the pac-12 executive committee look george kleofkoff is certainly at fault for kind of falling into this circle of of things at the pac-12 and you go to work for somewhere and you kind of fall into their company line a little Mm -hmm. bit before you realize like oh this might not be good 
because you're at a job, you've hired your, your George Klyovkov, you're making a, a, just a, a buttload of money. And by the way, we have some Hunter Deckers news that we have to get to in a second. Um, what? Oh, yeah. Um, but there are, there were 10, now there's nine, there were 10 presidents that were giving him the parameters. And they, they all kind of said, this is what we need to see when you come back to us. And clearly until today, he didn't have anything close to that. And he still doesn't, except for the fact that today was the point of like, well, tell us what we actually do have on the table. Right. Because it's not like there were no offers on the table, but there was no offer that he brought to the conference until today. So today, and that's the other thing that's mind-blowing. And do you think today, unless they told him he would, this would never have happened today, right? And finally they just said, yeah. no, you, we're pushing you off the because point. Because he was, I mean, that was the, oh, there's going to be more people at the table now, that, so that can be better. Well, there's more people all of a sudden showing up because they think they get you on the cheap. And that is becoming more and more evident by the day. So we'll see. All right, so let's do uh, Hunter Deckers, if you don't mind. John McClain, Hall of Fame columnist in about eight to ten minutes, but – Let's update you on a couple of different things when it comes to college football. Iowa State quarterback Hunter Deckers is accused of placing wagers on Iowa State sports, including a 2021 football game. Jesus. He did not play in that game, uh, but he's accused of placing 26 wagers on ISU sporting events, including the 2021 game against Oklahoma State when he was a sophomore backup quarterback. Uh, The complaint alleges uh, he's charged with – Tampering with records related to the Iowa Division of uh, Criminal Investigations Probe into Sports Gambling. The complaint alleges the DraftKings account controlled by Deckers completed approximately 366 mobile online sports wagers totaling over $2,799, which maybe that's over $2,799 could mean $2,800, but I think that maybe just reading it how I am, that maybe that's the threshold of mm-hmm. misdemeanor to felony or whatever you want to do. So he's done. You uh, would think. Now, this. remember Iowa State, we heard about this story, and Craig even mentioned about how do you predict them, not just if you don't know about football, talent, depth, whatever, but because of what else could happen based on their investigation into whatever was going on with gambling. Well, J.J. Cole becomes the starter right now, and – uh, for Iowa State and Hunter Duckers, you know, awaits whatever is coming to him. We wow. did not get a lot of Iowa State at media days. I think this is this is partially why. In that, yeah, they were not around. They were not around as much, and I think part of it is that, like if you just know that you're not going to, you can't answer questions. Not that you're not going to. Mm-hmm. I, I've never found Matt Campbell to be evasive. But if you can't answer questions and it's going to make you look evasive, then you might as well just do the minimum that you're required to do and move on. I'm not, I'm not trying to take up for Iowa State here anyway, but um, I, I do think that's probably why. And because they're look, they're pretty forthright when it comes to things before. And this is look, Iowa and Iowa State; those two universities and the the state of Iowa got in this really fast. This will not be the last thing we hear about college athletes getting suspended. So, you know, I'm sure if you're a a rival of Iowa State, you can can chuckle right now. But the bottom line is this wheel is going to spin really fast, and it's coming for somebody at your school. And you better hope it's not someone who matters as much as Hunter Deckers does to Iowa State. Starting quarterback, yeah. Because it's going to happen – 
it, because gambling, I don't have to go see a guy that sits in the back booth at at the at the bar and be like, hey, I got seventy five on Oklahoma State tonight to cover. I don't have to do that anymore. In most of the states in this country now, I can go on my phone and quickly make a wager. All right, Garrett, let's try to throw some things, uh, not out, but UCF. I don't know if I have a couple of the tweets. I sent you one from Christian C.A. by B by C.A. Simmons. UCF uh, received a commitment from a four-star wide receiver, Rick Darius Farmer, who is their sixth, what you would call, four-star or better commitment. Um, it is their, let's see. So Christian Simmons are saying, they now have a four-star receiver. This is the class of 2024. A four-star running back, a four-star tight end, and a four-star interior offensive lineman, not to mention another four-star running back and quarterback for the class of 2025. Their recruiting has obviously taken off, and even Gus Malzahn and others discussed that with us at Big 12 Media Day. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot, Garrett. Do you have the receipts so yes. I wasn't around when the fun happened last week, and that's fine. But there, uh, there were a few people that kind of came at us or some things we discussed a little aggressively during this courtship of Colorado and whoever else by the Big 12 and, or vice versa. So there's just a couple of them that I want to – this is from Buffman, Paul. Uh, we're not going to your group of five conference. We're sorry. All right? Well, welcome to the Big 12, young man. Here's another one from, I, I think this one might be from the replay. No, as a CU alum and Buff Club, stay in the Pac-12, only a fool would join the Truck Stop Conference, which is something that became uh, only G5 te- five teams want to join. All the top brands have left, UT, Oklahoma, A&M, Missouri, Nebraska. As a CU alum, I think you should hop on the CSU bandwagon. Um, this guy's not going to be happy. No. And I think there was one more. I'm not sure if I. Um, that was the only one I had. Okay. Yeah. That's now. How about Texas special teams coordinator Jeff Banks, the pole monkey, right? Um, pole monkey. No. What did I say? <laughs> you said pole monkey. Pole assassin is his girlfriend. Oh, that's right. She, and she has, has a, a monkey. monkey. All right. It's no. <laughs> sorry, Jeff. You're not the pole monkey. I remember that story. Halloween. Somebody got bit. So Brett McMurphy had this out there. God, that was me at peak right there. Saying that, uh, asked about when UT visits Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Just another road game. Did I lose you? (laughs) Pole monkey. Let's get back on track. I can't. Just just ignore me. Put the camera on him. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Just... Another road game, just as hard in Kansas and Iowa State as it's going to be in Tuscaloosa. Hey, that's a compliment to to Lawrence and also to Ames. I'm doing the show like I did last Monday right now by myself. (laughs) What was wrong with that? (laughs) I mean, it it all kind of ties together, right? Yeah, it just is similar. Yeah, it's yes. It just sounds like a juvenile insult. Like thirteen-year-olds would yell at because other. I called him like, the pole monkey. Well, yeah, okay. no, all right. No, oh, no, no. Gosh, everybody is having fun with this. <laughs> Paul oh. is gone, blushing now. Oh, oh Lord, uh, Russell, please say Texas instead of UT because 
The real UT Tennessee also visits Tuscaloosa this year. Russell, thank you for that. We appreciate the clarification. Everybody with the laughing emoji. Hello to say hi to May Ann. I think it's supposed to be Marianne, but she spelled it M-A-Y-Y. She is a Jackson State, like she should run your campaign if you want to get elected because she loves Jackson State. Paul, your nickname now, because of what I said, is Pole Monkey. I, I, yeah. <laughs> oh, Manny man. Palazzo, if George K. Klyovkov thought he had the best available offer he could get, he needed to get people together and lay it all out. And then the question is, why today? Because I think finally everyone said, no, we're not going to let this go past August the 1st. Hmm. No, Brett, I've not started comedy in my career. Well, the Paul problem has is been you the have one to want to do it that. on purpose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the hard thing. <laughs> Laugh out loud, the real UT Tennessee can disappear. Oh, we, now we got them going. Um, Tennessee can disappear. Uh, I lost the rest of that tweet. Uh, off the map, and no one would know. They were pretty damn good last year, probably better than Texas. But there is that. Now that's going to have that. Who's the UT, Texas, Tennessee, both of us, different shade of orange and everything. Um, uh, from Kyle Visser, the working man, the UT special teams coach dates a stripper whose nickname is a pole assassin. Oh, he's telling somebody else why I even got to the pole monkey part of it. Uh, anyway, outlaw of college football. Say it loud. Say it proud. 365 sports. Pole monkey. <laughs> I really didn't. I thought I was saying the right thing there when I said that. All right, here's a picture of a Baylor men's basketball reunion. This is what every college probably program does. It seems like Baylor has this. Paul, I'm going to question you. I need you to go left to right. You have your glasses off? Yeah, hold on. Because you had to get your eyes yeah, checked. Yeah, I got my... All right, these are former Baylor men's basketball guys. Some in the NBA. Some have been in Europe or the NBA. And one of them is on staff, who's the short guy on the right. Go. Okay, um, I don't know who that is on the left. It's escaping me, but Ish Wainwright. Is that the, the, the long three-point shooter stud from back when is I started? Is that start? Lace Dunn? I don't lace. know. That Lace, okay, there you go. I don't know, I don't know if that is or but, not. I just saw um, the beard. I don't know who that but is. Ish Wainwright. Who's now still in the NBA. Look at his broad shoulders, yeah. man. Uh, uh, Davion? Super, superstar, Davion Mitchell. Jared Butler, Freddie Gillespie's in the back there. Um, King McClure, uh, friend of the show right there. Um, I'm, I need to look a little closer. Corey Jefferson is behind them. Yep. Uh, and then is that, I can't see with his hand over his face. Tall uh, drink of water. Yes. All right. Then you have obviously, um, Torian Prince is on the far right. Tweety Carter's in there. I'm missing these two in the middle and I just need to look is at one it. of those Melvin Hunt. Melvin Hunt might be on the far left. He's next one to, of those that's coaching. Next to TP. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then... No, no, no. Melvin Hunt might either be all the way to the left. But that's a, a family reunion video of ben, men's basketball. I bet we probably missed two of them or three Perry, of them. Perry Jones? Is that is that Perry? Perry Jones? I don't recognize him with long hair. Yeah, I don't either. I haven't seen him in a long time. All right, so there you go. That's not Isaiah no, that's, Austin for sure, so we don't know. No. And then finally this... Notre Dame signed a $10 million Under Armour agreement, the richest apparel deal in athletics, college athletics. Who would you say would be right underneath of them, four or five schools, with the best apparel deal in college athletics? Uh, Oregon. 
Oregon's not no. on here. Oh, this no, is a no, range of eight no, to ten million a year. I don't oh, know if that no, means Oregon's. Notre Dame's got a new one. Notre Dame's the one I just mentioned. Yeah, They're like so, a little above ten million annually. Uh, this is cash and gear. Georgia, nope. Alabama, no. A and M, no. Hmm. Florida State, no. Hmm. I mean, they were like this third Nike school. Yep. I'll give it to them. Okay. Texas, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Kansas men's basketball oh, with yeah, Adidas. Yeah, Adidas. Yeah, yeah. Louisville, Adidas, mm-hmm. had a flight to Orlando with a guy who's from Louisville. Ohio State, Nike, Nebraska, Adidas, and Michigan, Nike. All the schools believe oh, yeah, to be Jordan in that range. Oh, yeah, Jordan brand with Michigan. Yep, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So there's a little bit of that. And there are others that, uh, of course, that have good deals. FSU's got to get back to the table with Nike. We were, we were there at the beginning, man. Oh. <laughs> Where's it at? It's behind you right here. It's right straight behind. In the middle. That's uh, I got back from Florida, and on my front porch was a, a big box, and that's a Matt Rule side Nebraska helmet. We won't keep all them. We try to move them around a little bit, but I wanted to show that off, and thanks to Coach Rule for sending that. They've opened up their workouts, and we appreciate him for that. That's that brand-new one with the slices like a lot of them have that's just pretty yeah, we, cool. A lot of white helmets up there. Yeah. Houston over here in the corner. All right, finally, the uh, – ACC media poll. Garrett? None of this surprises me. There's a couple of schools probably higher than I thought. The ACC media poll with Clemson, not overwhelming, but a two, almost a maybe 40% higher first place votes in parentheses. Florida State, North Carolina with Drake May, right? North Carolina State and Miami. Those are the top five. And then on down the list of one through 14. Paul, that kind of... Meet your expectations there? Yeah, I, 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 I'll tell you, the dark horse to me to watch out for this year is Louisville. How quickly they can turn it around with Jeff Brom. I think their uh, quarterback um, might be. But watch out for Duke and Riley Leonard and Mike Elko. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to shake things up. They beat the absolute bricks off of Miami last year, if you remember. And... I don't know how much better Miami's going to be. I think they will be better. I think it, it just stands to reason, but I don't know if they're quite there yet. So we'll see. I think that this is going to be about the three teams at the top for most of the year, though. Yeah. I think and that, all that's three of them. Conference, yeah. Does, we know that Clemson has national championship aspirations. Florida State, I've told you that. I I kind of have them playing in, in, the, in the semifinals, whether that's true or not. But um, – and then next, yeah, North Carolina because of their star quarterback. And we know how the other teams are, are sneaky good. Uh, by the way, virtual board meetings are one of the worst things ever invented when it comes to journalism. Jason Shear mentioning that. They had 500 people streaming on the site. We just had somebody, Craig Wall, announce the executive session was to discuss the assignment of the executive director. No mention of discussion, at least of the grant of rights or movement, can they still discuss that in the meeting? I'm not real good about. Yeah, no idea. Connor Johnson could still be brought up. They shut off the live stream, so they're probably discussing something now that they're not going to vote on. Yeah, and you can't vote unless it's public. Yeah, so you can not, discuss it, so but you means, cannot vote. That, yeah, that means they're probably not going to. I wouldn't think they'd vote today anyway, because now the whole process between from President Robbins was. We see numbers, then we talk about options. So now they've seen the numbers, and now they have to talk about options. So I still think that while this could be really fast, like Colorado's was, 
I still think you got a couple days in here because there's, you know, there's some tug of war when it goes on with some of this stuff. So, a yep. couple of the notes on the chat: John McClain coming around the corner. The Apple guarantee is fifteen million per team, not twenty. Everything more is based on subscriptions sold. What will they do in year two? No one left to sell to. That's from Provo Cougar fan. We appreciate your comments. Also, there's a lot of things going on with, I don't know why people are all hung up on me, Paul Monkey. I don't understand it. Um, I'm having fun with it, though. We appreciate a lot of you. Wouldn't it be the poll, the, the monkey poll, not the media poll? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Paul Assassin had a monkey that bit a kid that was trick-or-treating. No, the Paul Assassin had a girlfriend no, the pole assassin was the girlfriend. That was her stripper name. And during trick-or-treating, her monkey got loose and bit someone, which, you know, not a great Halloween. Uh, Connor Johnson, is it true, whoa, just came up with, is it true that Arizona has to vote publicly for anything? Yes, I've, I'm almost, whoa, Charles Barkley. Barky. No, Paul, you just ruined it. Okay. Charles Barkey with a $200 super chat. My goodness, sir. Thank you. Here is to Utah coming to the Big 12. See you all in Waco, Old Southwest Conference fan, Texan living in Utah. Sir, thank you very much. And everybody who's been a part of that, we just read that. We got to break John McClain, Hall of Fame columnist. And then also Paul's top five, the top five pole monkey. All that and more, 365 Sports. Don Schumann and Coffee Beans. I'm going to get serious here for a second. I hope that, you know, when I promote what Cheyenne and Ashley and also what Carol do is they have a 48-foot walk-in humidor that is loaded with cigars. And I went in there today to get myself some cigars from when I play golf this weekend. But I got to tell you a story. Cheyenne is one of those who works there. You know the story about my oldest brother, Robert. He's been battling prostate cancer and it, 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 it's in his bones and I've told that story and God it was great to see him and my brothers this past week but when I was there last week before I left town Cheyenne I, I, I she I've told her the story and she said here take this to him it was a bag and it was of THC sell it it's legal and everything else so I took to my I had it on my my check luggage I was I didn't know if I was gonna you could do that or not marijuana gummies etc but I took this it's called for bad days and it's a THC gummy and like the first day there I got there sometime a little bit after two o'clock eastern on Thursday and my brother Robert had kind of a harder day on Friday because we had gone out in the water and the waves and all that and he was sore as hell he was achy he took one of those gummies and everything was fine. It's for bad days. That's what it's called. It's for patients who are struggling with cancer and much, much more. And he saw his doctor yesterday, supposed to have chemo treatment. They decided to push that back a little bit. He asked his doctor about it, the gummies. His doctor said, you do whatever it makes you feel good. As far as legal, it's THC. And I went by there today and got even more. I'm going to send that to him. It's Don Schumador and Coffee Beans in the Townwood Shopping Center in between Richland Drive and Valley Mills in Waco. In our logo and advertising, we say we are people that you can count on. What does that mean? It starts with providing a quality vehicle and quality service at a fair price. But it also means we do what we say we will do and we treat people fairly with respect. It starts by hiring great people. 
good local folks who work hard with a caring attitude. Our employees are the real reason we are people that you can count on. Put us to the test and see for yourself that at Richard Car Motors, we are people you can count on. Petty Clinic Men's Healthcare in Woodway is now proud to offer you men an exceptional weight management body sculpting product called semaglutide, also known as Ozempic or Wegovi. Semaglutide is an FDA-approved weight management medication. Once-a-week injections of this powerful medication offers an average body fat weight loss of 20% within the first year of treatment. In addition to body sculpting, semaglutide also normalizes blood sugars and has the clinical research proof of reducing blood pressure, cholesterol, stroke, and heart attack risk. If you're like most men and you have stubborn fat that will just not respond to typical diets and exercise, then help us finally here. Semaglutide, affordable, highly effective. Google search Petty Clinic Waco and reach out to the Petty Clinic team today for a free consultation with Dr. Petty to see if semaglutide is right for you. Go to PettyClinicLowT.com. One size fits all. That may be all right for an adjustable belt or chief sunglasses. But when it comes to your financial needs, no one wants a one size fits all strategy. Cam Heathcott, your Edward Jones financial advisor, knows that his most important goals are yours. That's why we take the time to understand your needs. Knowing you, that's how Edward Jones makes sense of investing. Cam Heathcott in Conroe at 936-756-7717. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Ideal MRI, we feel blessed to be a part of the Waco community. We're a small family business right here in Central Texas, and our goal is to bring down the cost of health care while maintaining high quality. At times like this, the cost of health care has never been more important, and unfortunately, significant illnesses and injuries still occur. That's why Ideal MRI is open and here to serve you through the difficult time. We offer premium MRIs just like a hospital with state-of-the-art technology and specialists, but you'll pay less. Sometimes thousands of dollars less, whether you're using insurance or not. At Ideal MRI, we accept most insurance and there are no hidden costs. Even offering financing if that's needed, everything included in the price, and you'll not get something as a surprise in the mail later on. If you need an MRI, ask your doctor about Ideal MRI. They'll know. You can schedule an appointment safely from home online in minutes at IdealMRI.com or give us a call, 833-IDEAL-MRI, Ideal MRI. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge Checking and Savings accounts to earn interest or cash back with five convenient locations and an award-winning mobile app. Banking has never been easier. TFNB Your Bank for Life. Member FDIC. Welcome back to 365 Sports. It's time for our weekly segment with NFL Hall of Fame columnist John McClain. Brought to you by Pioneer Steel and Pipe, where customer service is their main focus. And best in metal, steel, and pipe for large or small projects. With two locations in Waco and Bryan. Family owned and operated since 1943. Read John's work at sportsradio610.com. By the way, in fact, if you drove anywhere around or near Baylor today, they, they went through an uh, what they call a joint active threat training exercise with multiple law enforcement agencies going through the alert of if, in fact, 
there's something going on uh, on campus, an active shooter, whatever it could be, a chase, missing person. Uh, so they de- they've done that the last couple of days at the Baylor campus, and so that's good because, you know, you always wonder, well, what could they do differently in learning from some of the experiences that have been uh, awful, tragic uh, in the past? We're now joined by Hall of Fame columnist John McClain. John, uh, NFL camps are open. Uh, you were, I, and I, I got to tell you, I wasn't paying attention to exactly why, but you were praising Mrs. McNair uh, in, in one of your timelines, at least the one that popped up to me. What's going on with that? Well, I did that a lot because she's uh, had health issues and she's been able to come to practice. And that's a big deal. And uh, But what everybody used to be talking about is Justin Verlander yep. versus Max Scherzer. Astros at one point, 12 Rangers by six and a half. Now it's a half. Both teams have made major moves. It's just a shame. They only have three games left in Arlington in September. Is there any way they make this trade if the Rangers had not gone after Scherzer? Uh, well, their top three pitchers are not pitching worth a damn. Their best pitcher is J.P. France, a 28-year-old rookie who didn't even figure into the equation in spring training. So they were desperate for another starter. Lance McCullers Jr. never pitched. Luis Garcia pitched six games. Tommy John surgery. Jose Kitty missed three months. He's back. So they have Yardon Alvarez. Jose Altuve back. They missed a total combined of about four months. They have Isaiah Kitty back, and they have Verlander back, and they're hoping that Verlander coming back will have a positive effect on Fromber Valdez, who has an ERA of nine since the All-Star break, and Christian Javier and Hunter Brown, who've been up and down like a roller coaster. John, what do you think about the haul that they had to send to the Mets? Especially, I mean, it's a lot of people, but they're really getting Verlander on the cheap since the Mets are picking up most of his contract. Yeah, he, he signed a two-year deal for $86.2 million. That He'd be 40 and 41. In 42... If he pitches 140 innings next season, he gets $35 million, uh, in 2025. So he isn't leaving. He'll finish his career here unless they trade him. And uh, he won Cy Young Award last year. 65 was 3.15 ERA. This year, his ERA on the last seven starts is 1.49. Sure, the ERA is over four, but he's got a better record. So... I think it's great. You know, those guys have been teammates twice in Detroit and uh, with the Mets, and both times they've been traded. So it's going to be exciting. Answer your question, yes. They were desperate for a starting pitcher uh, because they're so close to first. They've won the last two series against the Rangers in Arlington and in Houston. And, boy, it's, it is sure uh, – Created a buzz. You know, how many times have we seen the Astros and the Rangers both World Series contenders at the same time? I don't think ever. There was a time when Houston was getting better, when they went through their, like, nothing but prospects, and they weren't very good back when Texas was really good, and, tech, and Houston made a run, but the Rangers owned them. It was like, owned them. And now, of course, it has flipped. And to me, John, all of this changed when, uh, 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 what is it, Chapman gave up the three-run homer to McCormick when the Rangers were winning. It was in the seventh inning. I think they had like a two- or three-game lead. To me, that kind of flipped everything. And now, 
it looks like it's a matter of time to me, no matter the trade where Houston just takes over because they're getting guys back. Despite that home run, I think Chapman was a great trade for the Rangers. I, I really like the deals they've made. And everybody knows they got one of the best managers in baseball history. They got it going on. The Astros also, they have older players like Bregman, and I say older, Altuve's older, 33. But both of them's contracts up after next season, Kyle Tucker's season after that. And so they, they've been to the American League Championship Series six consecutive years. They've been to four World Series and won two. And right now, the best team in the American League is Baltimore. And the Orioles are new. And nobody knows how they're going to respond to the dog days of August and how they'd respond if they get in the playoffs because so much of their talent is young in the first three seasons. So it's a good time to go for it for the Rangers and for the Astros. I just wish they had more games together. And uh, that's the only other thing. Hopefully, hopefully they will play in the playoffs. Oh, John, I, 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 don't, I think I would cancel all my plans if there was Verlander versus Scherzer, mm-hmm. it, especially in a clincher for, the, for a playoff wouldn't that be great if that happened? By the way, the two prospects the Astros gave up, Drew Gilbert, who was the number one pick last year, and uh, uh, Clifford, who was the 11th rounder last year, both Clifford's at 11A. I mean, he's, he's I'm sorry, he's at high A ball in Asheville, North Carolina. Drew Gilbert's in double A at uh, Corpus Christi. And their outfield stat. They've got Alvarez and left, Jazz and Formic Center. And they got Kyle Tucker and Wright. So it would have been hard for those guys to come up. So I don't mind giving up untested players uh, for established players, especially when you're trying to go all in as the Rangers and the Astros have done. The best thing about the Rangers, they got great hitting. The Astros have had inconsistent hitting. And the Rangers are young. So I, I really like everything the Rangers have done to try to get back into contention. And and John that look the Angels have made some moves too mm-hmm. to try to to try to get back in this. So they could be a thorn in the side of, of these two teams if they get hot again, especially if Mike Trout comes back and can produce. I feel bad for the Rangers, I mean for the Angels owner Artie Moreno. He gave Trout over four hundred million guys hurt every year. He gave Anthony Rendon two hundred and thirty six million to leave the Nationals. He's been hurt most of his three years there. And yet, I remember two years ago, every draft choice they had were pitchers. And right now, they're doing these deals, trying to show show Eltani, man, we're doing everything we can to win. We want you back. And uh, I'm glad they didn't trade him, even though Astro fans would say the opposite. They'd love for him to be gone. And the Mariners, who uh, were swept by the Astros last year, but it was very competitive. Every team in this division has a chance to get in the playoffs other than A. John, what has been the reaction tonight? Just had somebody asking. You may have said this earlier. Uh, outfielder Drew Gilbert's their top prospect uh, based on MajorLeagueBaseball.com and also minor league outfielder Ryan Clifford is headed there. He's a, a pretty good player, too. Is there a, You do this, right? You have prospects, which means they haven't done it yet. The Rangers have done this to bring in somebody that might be the juice to be the difference in two or three games in the end in the postseason. They were the first and the fourth rated prospects in Astros organization. And uh, Gilbert was 65th out of most 
out of the major league top 100 minor leaguers. Clifford's not in there. But, uh, you know, you've got to give to get. And I'll tell you, people here are happy. And if Drew Gilbert or Ryan Clifford end up in the Hall of Fame, I think that you see a lot of times there's a lot of great players who were included in deals like that, some that worked, some that didn't. But I don't hear anybody here among the fans or the media complaining about this deal because the last three days they've been saying, get Verlander back, get him back, get him back. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. All right. What and, about, yep. and we get back Kate Upton. No. <laughs> Everybody wins in there you go. in that scenario. So yes. what is uh, the, the Hackett uh, with the Jets now and, and Sean Payton calling him out and criticizing him? Hackett today, or I think it was today or yesterday, saying that he broke the code among coaches. What what was Sean Payton's – is he just trying to do everything he can to regain the confidence of Russell Wilson? No, I think he shot his mouth off in a classless manner. People are trying to act like he did it for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's not a kid. If you want to praise him, just say, hey, what happened here last year wasn't his fault. He threw his general manager and his team president, who's part of the ownership group, under the bus as well. They can't like that. I'll guarantee you he regrets doing that because he did. He crossed the line. And even though Hackett wasn't ready to be a head coach, and he may never be, and he didn't call the plays in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur called the plays with big input from Rodgers. And I'll guarantee you, even though he is the offensive coordinator and play caller for the Jets, Aaron Rodgers is going to have a big role. I can't wait till that fifth game when the Jets host the Broncos. Sean Payton's already saying he's over. He's not going to talk about it. Well, what did he think? They were going to ignore something like that? I thought it was totally asinine. John, thank you so much for your time as always. Thank you, guys. Second Bear. Hall of Fame columnist John McClain. Tuesdays he's been out and about on a vacation for a couple of weeks. And Hall of Fame columnist with us for 610 in Houston. Patrick Kreitz would ask this question from uh, uh, somebody on Twitter. So Apple only gets the sports rights when nobody else wants them. Patrick, no streamer has won an auction for sports media rights. Rather, they take what established system doesn't want or need, non-traditional streamers from companies that make economics outside of media have learned they don't have to bid against themselves to win the rights. Yep. So point. if Apple's the deal on the table, that means ESPN and Fox are out. And then uh, on the Arizona Board of Regents, they immediately convened into an executive session. Everything went dark on the screen. Uh, screen, no public discussion, all private. They will adjourn at the end of whenever it is the executive session. And as Connor said earlier, yes, you have to be, if, you have, if you're going to vote on anything, you have to do it publicly. So this may not even get to realignment or get to the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or the whatever TV deal. Paul Catalina's top five is next. Unite Private Networks. They are our new internet provider, and it has been fan. Fantastic. They are so good. Who are they? They are a high bandwidth provider, fiber-based communications for businesses. Look, you can't get uh, United Private Networks at your house. I'm sorry. It's not what they do. But look, we experience this. Every time that we would go off the air and get the, the spinning wheel of buffering doom, that's lost revenue for us. If you go off 
line at your business, that's lost revenue for you. And UPN provides the best internet that you can find in that uh, fiber-based network. Look, it's it's your network. We were sharing a network with everybody in this neighborhood here in East Waco, and that was not good for us because sometimes somebody would be doing something. It probably wasn't good. Here's the other thing. probably wasn't good for them either uh, in that we're slowing down. They're probably slowing down. You've got two businesses here on East Waco that are losing money because the internet got slower. Well, what do they do? White glove customer experience. So if you're going to go, uh, if you have a problem with we have it and they don't have that much you're going to find out in about 20 minutes maximum what the problem is and they're going to get it fixed you call right up goes right to them you're not going to have to sit on hold i spent so much time on hold with our previous provider 98 percent customer retention 98 percent customer satisfaction 98 percent on-time installation they own 100 of the fiber optic network they're not sharing lines with anyone at all custom design solutions so whatever you need to make your business work at the fastest experience possible they can do that for you and dedicated account team so again when you go and call you're not calling and getting you know fred one day and janice the next and all that on you're going to call and you're going to get one person right to you whatever you need and we were having a lot of problems here and then an angel named Ace came into the studio one day and said, hey, can we talk about your internet? And he started telling me about all the different things that Unite Private Networks does. And if you're here in Waco, now look, they're in uh, 21 or 22 other markets around the country, uh, over 75 on net and 180,000 near net buildings uh, on their loop. So they've got tons and tons of different people, government offices, uh, schools, you name it. It's a business. They've got that at Unite Private Networks around the country. Go to UnitePrivateNetworks.com or if you're local here in Waco, call ACE 254-803-7070. That's UnitePrivateNetworks.com. The future's bright. The time is now. College is what you make it. It's a late-night pizza run and all-nighters coding a new project. It's having big dreams and making them a reality. It's a professor who knows your name and your story. It's preparation for your future, your calling, your life. And at Baylor, it's even more. where lights shine bright. Stepping into the boots of a U.S. Army officer can add confidence and leadership skills to your son or daughter's career path. See all the things they can achieve in our boots at GoArmy.com. U.S. Army Waco Recruiting Company, 254-598-8131 or 254-776-1543. Pizza, burgers, and Bears football. There's no place around Waco that serves them all other than Bubba's 33. Come show your green and gold and enjoy some of Waco's best food and beverages while watching your favorite team, the Bears. When real Bears fans get hungry, Bubba's 33 is the number one spot for ice-cold drinks, hand-stretched, stone-baked pizzas, and bacon-infused burgers. Join us for indoor or patio dining. Bubba's 33, Waco's restaurant and proud supporter of Baylor Bears football. Sick'em, Bears. 
Where is the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu from our pasture to your plate at TexasBeefHouse.com. Samantha Duvall joins us. She's the marketing director who knows all of the specials and also the events coming up. And thank you very much, as always, for your time. So all of these holidays are over. We've hit the meat of, literally, of the summer. And your thoughts about as you hit the month of August and into football season, Samantha? Football season's right around the corner, so that means it's perfect time for tailgating. Um, the best time to grab our hamburger patties is right now through the end of July. We still have our sale going on with our regular patties and our jalapeno and cheese patties. They're $12 a package, so that's four patties to a package. It's perfect for the time for football. Gather all your family around. That way you can grill it up. Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house. When you order from Texas Beef House, unleash the flavor of Texas-raised Wagyu and how they age it as well. From our pasture to your plate, TexasBeefHouse.com. There are 26 letters in the alphabet, over 600,000 words in the dictionary, and just three of them said together can change everything. Let's order pizza. Those three words lead to dough made from scratch and three fresh signature cheeses that blanket golden crust in a heavenly melt on Marco's Pizza that'll blow your mind. So visit Marco's.com to order and stop by Marco's Pizza in Bellmead, China Spring, Woodway, and in Robinson. Marco's. Pizza lovers get it. It's time for Paul Catalina's Top 5 Brought to you by Texas Beef House Where's the best beef in Texas? Your house when you order from Texas Beef House Unleash the flavor of Texas raised Wagyu From our pasture to your plate TexasBeefHouse.com Top 5 realignment hangups for the remaining schools in the Pac-12 I left Arizona out of this because I think that they're about to fix their hang-up. <laughs> I, I mean, if you're asking me what I think is going to happen, I think Arizona is going to be making an announcement here soon. I don't know that. I just think it. There's a difference. Um, you know. Yeah, because whoever, if they come, it's not a surprise. If they don't come, it might be more of a mm. surprise. But anyone after them will be, oh. Yeah. Right now, it's kind of like Bigfoot. Like, if you believe in Bigfoot, you don't know that there's Bigfoot. You just think that there's Bigfoot. I, I think that they're coming, but I don't know that. And until there's a dead Sasquatch on my doorstep, I won't know. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> bad enough to kill uh, Bigfoot unless it's I mean, he'd uh, have to, like, Chad that's the Mc, thing. McChesney. Yeah, he'd just have to collapse. Or the pole monkey. Like, that's it. Yeah. An old Sasquatch just dies. Yeah. Uh, anyway, number five, Stanford and Cal, who are you? In the modern era of college football, what do you want? No, yeah, not it's who are you, but who do you want to be? Yeah, who do you want to be? And Stanford is a school that athletically has put a lot of resources into a lot of things for a long time. I mean, they've always won the Learfield Directors Cup, whatever the Sears Cup, whatever it's been. They've won that for a long time, many times. But when it comes to Football and being a media presence in football, which becomes an important thing. Who do you want to be and who can you be? Cal, uh, same thing, smaller endowment, obviously. I mean, nobody has what Stanford's got in the kitty educationally. But who are you? Like, what is your identity as a modern athletic program and a modern college football program. If they voted on campus of these two schools, and I don't know the answer, and I'm not trying to be flippant, but if they took a vote on these two campuses, if either one of the football programs 
was to no longer be a part of a power five. And I may be wrong for asking this. What would the vote be on who cares or not? Yeah, I, I, that's what that, I may be completely but, wrong on that. But, but I, you get but that impression. But it's fair to ask the question yeah, yeah. based on I mean, when John you, Elway. When you look, and, when you look Aaron at the Rogers. stadium, which is supposed yeah. to be full of students, it's not right yeah. now. So who is that? Just because they've not been winning, or is that because the student body has is kids who not into it as much, yeah. which is fine. Look, Stanford, I'm not even going to get into Cal. Stanford has geniuses from around the world that are coming to that campus. So if you're from, you know, Norway and you decide to go to Stanford, you either are going to pick up football or you're not. Yep. And there's a good chance that maybe you don't. So it's, it's just one of those things. Stand there in such a unique position when it comes to this. Number four, Oregon and Washington. Is it worth it to even ask about the Big 12 if they just have to wait on the Big 10? Because I think it was Pat Craig's or Jim Williams uh, who mentioned Pat this. Craig's. Pat Craig's who mentioned this. Look, the Big 12 would love to have Oregon and Washington just as brands, but is it worth the Big 12's time to get in that business if you know they're just going to wait? Brett to McMurphy jump out? mentioned that too. Yeah. So that, that's such a weird dynamic and so do you have to take your medicine for a little bit in the pac 12 you know hope they expand with some teams that help you out a little bit in in the regard take the all streaming deal and ride it out that just seems kind of rough for two huge brands that are going to contend the next few years for college football playoff spots so that's a weird thing there everybody's in a weird spot really weird spot when it comes to it number three Arizona State, does this hurt your SoCal student base? It's not really that much of a problem for USC and UCLA because they're in Southern California. But Arizona State, I think their plan was to be the SoCal school of the big of the Pac-12 now that there was no SoCal school because they've got 20,000-plus students that are from Southern California. Well, if they're not going to be playing teams, does it hurt you? I don't think it does. I think the draw of Arizona State is Arizona State, and most of them, you know, won't be bothered by who they're playing in, in sports. But you do have to consider it. Yeah, I mean, that drives me crazy because my dad went there to get his master's degree. I lived there when I was very young. And, you know, they got some tradition, Charlie Taylor, among others, Jake Plummer. And it drives me crazy that, that I like, Man, they can be more than they are. To me, they're a sleeping giant. Well, you know, if I did a top five of who does less with more, I mean, yeah. obviously the top four would be Texas A&M, but <laughs> they just have for a long time. Uh, and I, I just, I've suffered that <laughs> in my family a little bit. But Arizona State, I think, is not hitting their full potential. Oh, I, I you know, and I, there's I, an I agreement or disagreement feel, about the I campus. Feel, and, uh, man, it's a beautiful I, campus I, in every way. I ran into Phil Snow the other day at, at oh. the grocery store. And he, he was obviously coached there. And I, I asked him real quick. I said, Coach, do you think Arizona State is, is missing on their potential? He said, every day. He said, yeah, just, yeah. It's just like, he's like, they, they could be a lot. Because when he was there, they were, I mean, they beat Nebraska. No, they shut Palmer. out Nebraska yeah. after they'd won two national titles. Yeah, so they can do things at Arizona State. Number two. Utah, can they coexist with BYU? They were in a conference together before. Sure, I think they can. I think there's if Auburn and Alabama yeah, can I, coexist. I just think there is there's some bad blood that's beyond. Um, we don't like you in sports. Yeah, 
no, here it, because it's administrative stuff. There's one school that's a state school, one school that's a religious school. Yeah. There's a dividing line there. They, they just didn't like dealing with each other. I think they can. It's right now they have to swallow that pill that they would have to. That's the thing. And you heard Scott Mitchell earlier in the show, if you guys were not around for that interview, go back. And he said, yeah, it's a weird thing where there's just this tension where there's enough people who would say, I really just don't want to be in the conference with BYU. And that might slow them up. And number one, if you're Oregon State and Wazoo, what options do you have? You really, you have to be the champions of keeping it together. And this is very similar to the position that Iowa State Kansas State and Baylor were put in when the Big 12 was breaking up the first time. Multiple times. Multiple. But the the, but, fir- yeah. the A&M, Nebraska, Colorado, Missouri couple of years, when A&M and Colorado left, Iowa State, and I don't know if Kansas was in this a little bit, but it was Iowa State, Baylor, and Kansas State were really in, in tough spots because they were just not as attractive to everyone else, right? And at least on the surface. And they were trying to protect their interests, which is why it was the, oh, we're going to sue A&M. And then the courts are like, You're, you can't sue A&M. <laughs> you know, but it slowed them up enough to where it absolutely schools- delayed it and gave them a chance. And it put, they it gave it, them about two it weeks. Worked. They, they needed two yeah. weeks. That's all they no matter needed. No matter how many people got pissed off at they needed, Star, it worked. They needed two weeks. Yeah. That's all they needed was two weeks to make sure they get everything together. And they did it. I, I don't know if Oregon State and Washington State have those two weeks. It, that's going to be a weird thing for them. And I and feel I, hope I that, do. I, I feel for them, especially given what they're committing to football right now, yep. that they're really behind it, yep. that it's really unfortunate that you have to, you're at the mercy of all these other people. Yeah, it sucks for them. Yeah. It really, really does. Um, Hayden Maxwell, Paul, why not go ahead and add them temp? If you're about to add ACC schools around the you're same not time, add ACC they want schools, to leave. Hayden. I know. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's a super chat. Thank yeah. you. And again, thanks yeah. to Charles for the $200 super chat, yeah. but all the other ones we had today and a bunch of them we did have today. And thank you for the comments with what we're doing. Uh, the Arizona Board of Regents, again, has in con- uh, they've convened. They're still uh, behind closed doors, the executive session. Uh, a couple of you asked if we would stay on the air while that continued. That could go for two hours. Yeah. And then again, it could be for about 25 or 30 minutes. So we'll be in uh, touch. Whatever happens tonight, if anything at all, we'll be back with more information I, and, and guests tomorrow. I, I'd have to get a permission slip signed. Aren't you going to this thing? Yeah. But, I mean, I have a permission slip for that thing. I don't have a permission slip for anything else. It's just how it works. Guess what I had to do today? I'll buy two tickets to damn Barbie. That's what I had to do today. So I thought me and just me popping off with my ADHD with pole monkey might have been the highlight of the show. And I did that. I just, you know me. Look, there's a duck. And you just trumped me on yeah, that. Yeah, I did. I did. Barbie. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to wear pink and everything, I think. Might as well embrace it. Take a picture in the box and all that stuff. Like all the... All the people on social media. Are you kidding me? I know. I'm not going to take a picture in the box. No, no but the pink. Up, but I'm going. I don't know if I've had anything. I don't know if I have anything pink. I mean, I would look like I would look like a, like a snowball, like one of the things that you get like host a snowball in a pink shirt. I don't mind rocking a pink shirt. I'm Paxton, just telling you. I'm not going to read what you said on the air, but you're 100% correct, and I'll read it to Paul <laughs> after we go to a break. Um Thank you, Emery. Appreciate Jack, Garrett, Ross, Paul, Catalina. Craig is back with us on Monday. We'll have more 
And who knows what more tomorrow as the saga continues with, of course, the Pac-12 and what is the number, what are the details, and who is remain committed or not. You can use my shirt. I think this is pink. This is like coral. I had somebody tell me that today. This, uh, Hayden, who says in a couple of years Florida State or Clemson won't buy out? Uh, I do. This is 365 Sports and good night. Ideal MRI is a small family business right here in Central Texas. We're open to support you while lowering the cost of health care bills. When you need an MRI, ask your doctor for an Ideal MRI.